has caused much mayhem and madness throughout the entire world. One world, of course, being the sports world, especially Major League Baseball. A shortened season, a season that has happened, but shorter. And tonight, for the third time in four years, the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to the World Series! Let's go, Dodgers! Let's go, Dodgers! No one else is clapping. Why is no one clapping? Don't you guys know this is episode 213 of the sports ball edition of the Fake Nerd Podcast? Because I am Ben Magnet, your resident diehard, I bleed blue, Los Angeles Dodgers fan. Game 7 just ended. We won. We're going back. We're going to beat the Raves. Please, please beat the Raves. Please, please beat the Tampa Bay Rays. I want to see the Dodgers win a World Series. I'd be, I'd be clapping, but they're currently destroying downtown LA, all your Dodger fans. So, <laughs> see, yeah, I would do that. I would, I feel, I know the hype. It's like when you leave a superhero movie and you have this hype, but then, like, in hindsight, you realize, oh, actually, that movie kind of stinks. Oh, and they're actually, they're, they're not going to win because how many times have they choked in the World Series? Like, that's my favorite superhero movie, but I'm happy for you, Ben. I'm so happy for you. I, <laughs> I knew. I, I knew you guys were gonna bust my balls. I knew Sorry. you guys were gonna bust my balls. I ben, knew it. Ben, you you ask for it. Yeah. Well, you know what? None of you can bring me down from this high. None of you can't. Because we. Not the, that's not the goal. The goal isn't to bring you down from the high. The goal. I, is I, I know my history. I know. I know my team's history. I know what's happened. Red. There. Red. Red magnet. No. Oh. Okay. I'm, not going by, I'm not answering the freaking bread magnet. No. Introduce us. Uh, Brandon T. McClure, Hi, Mag. Sparks Witty, and Ryan Eliopoulos. Especially these two are the ones who like to bust my balls the most. Although Brandon, he gets his looks in quite a bit. And no, I'm not going to jinx it, Mag. I'm not going to jinx it. That's why I'm like, please. Did you me. just say that Brandon gets his licks in on your balls? I was going <laughs> to. I was processing it in my head, but you beat me to it. That's why we're roommates. Wow, no, Ben. Not ben, ben. Ben. I heard no comma. I heard no ben. comma. Ben, I love you, buddy. But no. No, no, no. 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 I am happy for I mean, you, ben. look, no, no judgment if you are in fact into that, but I no, am no. not. Today. Anyway. <sighs> but yeah. We, Why don't we, you continue with your beautiful, beautiful week that starts with the Dodgers? Uh, it, was, it didn't start out beautiful. It started out with like five heart attacks, to be perfectly honest. Not actually, right? Not not actual heart, you know, like emotional heart attacks. Because okay. um, when the series started this week, the, up with my hair today. I don't know. It's it, it, it's exciting because the Dodgers are going to the World Series. That's why. Sure. <laughs> no. Um. The way this series started off this week is that the Braves were up two games to none. And then the Dodgers unloaded on game three, scoring 15 runs in the first inning. I, I'm going to interject and just say, I got involved this week in game four. Yeah. Because all I saw were all my friends who like the Dodgers going, what are you? <laughs> just getting mad. And I'm like, what is happening? So I checked it out. And boy, that was a bad game. Yes, it was. I mean, game two was a bit of a nail biter, especially in the last, uh, you, was it no it was game one where we all were this close we were one run away the tying run was on third but we lost we uh instead of getting that base hit we grinded out to third but man what a nail biter this game was sounds like it well i'm happy yeah. i'm happy for you and all the dodgers fans that are currently destroying downtown la 
Hopefully we're not destroying destroying downtown LA because we haven't won the whole champion. We just won the right to win the world championship. So did you, or did you just win the right to attend? We're going to the world series. We're going to have right. You won the right to attend. Did you win the right to win? Not yet. Not yet. That's what I thought. Listen, it's like a, it's it's like Kano. He's invited to the Mortal Kombat tournament, but he's not winning the Mortal Kombat tournament. <laughs> uh, no, Kano's ben. like the Raiders, if I'm being honest. Ben? Yeah? Did you do anything nerd-related? I did, actually. Um, Fall Guys, I played uh, quite a bit of Fall Guys, mostly because they mm-hmm. released, or they put up the Sonic the Hedgehog skin, and both set both halves of that skin were worth five crowns, so I had to earn a ten to get it, which... Thankfully, with uh, my girlfriend's help, who was playing it while I was at work, I got mm. in. I actually started playing quite a bit of Rocket League because I had that for free. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to give it a shot. Next thing I know, I'm like, wow, this game's actually really, really fun. I'm really having a good time with it. I played Rocket League so much when it came out. Like, uh, I, I, it came out a while ago, but I it was free on PS Plus, much like mm-hmm. Fall, Guys, Fall Guys was. And at the time, Rocket League was played by millions and millions of people. And I played that thing for hours. That was a, that was a good time. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I got my PS4 right after Rocket League was stopped being for free on PS Plus. So I, I missed it just by that much. And then it, all of a sudden they're like, hey, the game is now is free to play. And I'm like, okay. Because it has it has, it has so much microtransactions, but like in the cool ways, it has like every vehicle from every cool blockbuster mm-hmm. and like the Ghostbusters van and like and Fast and Furious and uh, the Halo Warthog and all that shit. Yeah. So, cool. yeah. So besides, yeah, that's pretty much, all I did nerd nerd wise, um, pretty much just playing a few little bit of Rocket League, Fall Guys. Um, I read uh, Immortal Hulk, but also Dodger I'm fans a- are in my house. What's up? The Dodger fans are in my house. <laughs> uh, besides that, I also finally got around to watching the documentary Console Wars that's uh, based on the book of the same name. Before and- you forget, you have both your articles. And your Mouse Nerds podcast episode oh, yeah. you're on, and the link in the description below. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just telling you guys up front, not you guys, but you know, you guys. Use guys. Use guys. Uh, so don't forget about Mouse Nerds because you want to plug them too. Yeah, Mouse Nerds uh, came up on Tuesday. You can listen to them on Spotify and also on their YouTube. It's the, if you want to look for it on YouTube, it's the Peter Pan Boy channel. That's the Talk channel. The link in the description below. Link in the description below. Um, and of course, do you put both my articles up? Yes. Oh, sweet. Two for one deal. So you got my most recent one, which is my most recent one, which is about the uh, console wars, about the documentary. I wrote a little review on that. And also about the, um, the, essentially the data genius of Super Mario 64. I wrote a little uh, thing on that. Nice. Which I, yeah, that came, yeah, I wrote that last week. Good job, bud. Oh, actually you wrote it this week. Right. Oh yeah, I did write it this week. Yeah, it went up on Monday. Oh, time's damn. crazy, isn't it? Time's weird. <laughs> I, I forgot I had a day off on Monday. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all that stuff that Ben yeah. just said is in the description below. So yeah. check it out if you guys want. Yeah. And I'm not gonna. I have a tiny little humble brag, if I may. Do it. We're allowing it. So uh, I tweeted out um, at the author of the book and co-director of the movie Console Wars that I um, wrote a thing about it, and he likes my tweet. Like Jay saw it, and I don't know if you read it, but he liked my tweet, so I'll, I'll take what I can get. Nice. Just little things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my week, and... Oh, I can tell you. How's it going, buddy? 
Oh. I can guarantee you guys that uh, come Tuesday, my week is also going to be probably all baseball. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, when the World Series begins. Go Dodgers. Well, let's transition to Ryan, because Ryan, you also have a link in the description below. I also have a link in the description below. And Kay Titus was at that event that I was part of. He was in that chat room. So thanks for being there, Kay Titus. There's the camera. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did the, the downright annoyed movie. Uh, it was my week. It was my movie this week, and it was Apostle starring Dan Stevens. And that's a hell of a really, really good spooky atmospheric movie, you guys. Um, I saw it when it came out two years ago, uh, but I was uh, I wanted to pick a spooky movie, and I know they haven't seen it. Um, and I think it's really, really good. And it's the guy who made the Raid movies. So um, it's it's an interesting choice seeing a martial arts guy go horror, but it actually transitions really, really well. Um, so that was fun. Um, I read some comics this week. I only read like half of them just because I didn't have time to read the rest. Um, so I read the three X-Men books. Uh, I bought the handbook, but I haven't read that because that's literally just a bunch of text about the X-Men. And I'll read that. Kate like... Titus says, yes, it was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kate Titus. I got I got the best taste. I know. Um, so yeah, the three X-Men books. Handbook came out. I didn't read that. That's just, that just like... You wrote it. I wrote it. What I write? The, the handbook? handbook. Oh, yeah. Where's my money, Disney? You could. You could. <laughs> uh, there's actually... It's not... It's funny they call it the the uh, X of Swords handbook, but that's they should just call it the history of the X Men because that goes that goes into so much shit that I'm like, you mean are you this? telling me this is involved? Yeah, there you go. Are you telling me that the stuff in this handbook is involved and we just haven't seen it yet? That's a spoiler, maybe, but that's very cool. Um, I love it. Um, there's a new Warhammer book out, guys. That's that's probably the most exciting book for me just because that's a universe I love so much, and it's like. It is so utterly violent and just chaotic that, like, I honestly never thought that a Marvel book would come out, let alone a Disney Marvel. Ben, I love you. Uh, a Disney Marvel Warhammer book, and it says parents, uh, parents like advise, like it's a violent book. And but surprisingly, it I expected it to be a more a more bloody book. But the first issue does have some violence, but it actually goes into a lot of the character stuff, which is really great because at the heart of Warhammer, it's about a bunch of really sad boys doing really bad things. Well, uh, and it's just like. <laughs> Go ahead. I have a question for you about the Warhammer. What's up, bro? Uh, you've read it already, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Sent. I know Jack Dilly Squad about Warhammer. Yeah. As someone who doesn't know anything about said, um, said um, franchise, will I be able to dive into this book, or am I going to be completely lost? No, you can easily dive in. It, it is very much just like any other science fiction book you've, or comic you've ever read in your life. It, it gives you just enough for what you need in the first issue, and it's going to build more and more and more. Um, it throws a lot of verbs at you, uh, a lot of, a lot of crazy, crazy, like, you know, like techno tricks, stuff like techno trick, techno babble, whatever it's called. I can, uh, I can, a bunch I can, of I shit, right? Um, <laughs> but like, it's very easy to understand. And it's just, the art is so good. And it's, they got Jason Burroughs, who is a, who is a frequent Alan Moore collaborator. And he's not a guy who does mainstream comic books. So the fact that it's one Kieran Gillen and it's Jason Burroughs is like, it's just such, it's so good. And I'm just like, once again, it's, it's the one time. I do love violent love. You're right, Kate Titus. They, Kate they, Titus says, "Guess he like violent love." Yeah, they go. Hey, they go. They go hand in hand, pain and pleasure. Right? That's a, that's Hellraiser and stuff. But um, I'm just I'm just so thankful for for Disney. It's the one time I can thank them for giving me a a, a true to source material comic book um, that happens to have like the Marvel license on it. I'm just I'm just so pleased. Um, I'm so happy. That's right. And I brought Kieran Gillen back to Marvel. He's been gone for a while, and he's also writing Eternals. Um, they were just like, hey, Kieran, here's all the crazy space shit. Just do what you want. And I'm like, yeah, thank oh. you. Thank you. Downright hey, Nerdy hey, Podcast. Downright Nerdy. Miss the FNP. We miss you too, oh, Downright you. Nerdy. We miss you a whole lot, guys. Oh, geez. Wish we could do a Thanksgiving special. Yeah. <laughs> ben, 
Nobody likes a bragger. Yeah, a humble, humble bragger. Right. Um, I think he passed um, the you humble You can do it this part. year. You can do it this year. We've done it plenty of times. I get hey, it. I'm still going to try and get you. If I go, when I go back to spring training next year, if like COVID's ben, done, they have to go, what? Whose turn is it? <laughs> Spark. You had your you had your Dodger time, son. No, but I was going to say I'm still gonna try and get Sparks something because I know he likes the Giants and also Michael something from Darren Erie because he's also a diehard Giants fan. Yes, Michael. Sure. I do uh, like and uh, and Kaita says you are a Disney of a guy. That's true. That's what they. Did you have more? I did have more. Yeah, um, not a lot more. Um, I did buy more comics, but I haven't read them yet. So I'll I'll probably tell you next week because there are a bunch of actually really big comics like Rorschach and Commanders in Crisis and stuff. But um, I played I some Commanders in Crisis. Went back and picked up Commanders in Crisis. Proud of you. Um, I picked it up. I know you picked it up. I'm proud of you too. I'm I want to be proud. I want one and I didn't. Yeah, That's I want stuff. you to be proud of me. Whatever. I'm proud of you. I'm proud. <laughs> um, uh, I... real quickly, Darren Nurse says, "Wow, Ben, you had to go there." It <laughs> says, "Love you guys." Yeah, love you too. Love you too. Congrats on your star season. Your star season. season. Um, like he did anything. I played some video games with these guys. Uh, we could talk about that when when we, you go. Sure. Um, I uh, I wanted to watch something spooky, and uh, and the actually I don't know if it was you, Michael, but but the the downright annoyed chat talked about this show called Kingdom, which is a South Korean 16th century political zombie. political zombie drama. Yeah. And it's not at all what I thought the show would be because it's entirely straight. Well, I mean, it's like straight face and like it's like a political drama. But the zombie stuff is not the most important part, really. Um, it's just like it's like about a crown prince who's like super. Um, he just wants like he kind of just wants power. And he's super lazy, and the king has been missing for a while. And there's like a, there's like a, a like a coup happening and all this stuff. But also the king's missing. But also he's a zombie, and they're trying to hide that. So there's just like people trying to hide zombie shit, and just like there's zombie breakouts. But like the government's like everyone just has smallpox. I'm like that's not smallpox. Um, it's great. I've only watched two episodes, but they're an hour long, so it's really meaty. Uh, yeah, zombie zombie pun. Um, I think um, it's really really good. Mag says recommend. Quaidon or Kronos? Uh, is Kronos the uh, Guillermo del Toro zombie movie from the 90s? Or a uh, uh, vampire movie? Because I have seen that one. Um, I don't know about that first one. But uh, Kingdom's very, very good. Um, and I think I think that's that's me. So, Ryan, speaking yep. of South Korean uh, zombie things, babe, what was that movie that we saw? With Hashtag Alive. There's a movie on Netflix called Hashtag Alive that's from South Korea. That's is actually good? really good. Good. I have, we uh we watched it with my roommate. He was watching. Then we just stayed by and watched it. It was pretty good. I highly recommend it. I'll check it out. Cool. I love it. Mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan and I played some Fortnite. Yeah, we did. I got She-Hulk, and now Jennifer Walters can become actual She-Hulk. That's very fun. I got I, a Groot on my back. I got Doctor Doom. Yeah, he does some sick dances, and it's just like Doctor Doom's doing some sick moves, and I'm like, that's 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 silly. Yeah. I need it. We want to put more time into that. For sure. Yeah. Um, fought Wolverine. Yeah. That was tough. Kicked his ass. And then he kicked Once. our ass. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I played some Among Us uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, you were you were part of that as well. I was. Um, Just when, when, when they were like, I found him here. Well, good enough for me, both for myself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um. We all did some Dead by Daylight. Woo! That happened. Yeah, that's all fun. We streamed that. Uh, yeah, we did. We have a stream. We uh, we'll we'll upload a, be a, a video some soon. spooky videos. Ryan and I 
played some Dead Space. God, yes. Uh, that is now currently up in our basement arcade, is playing the opening of Dead Space together for our spooky basement arcade offerings. We're a little behind on them, but we're getting them out. Mm-hmm. For, um, the audio, for the audio and the replay, that is in the description now. Uh, I forgot to put it in there if you're watching this live, so sorry. Yeah, it's cool. It's new. Um, it, it, there were a lot of technical issues having to do with me working with old hard drives off my new computer that just made getting that video out a pain in the ass. Um, but I got around it. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I read uh, for class this week, I read Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, the novella. Really you know, good. He is blowing up. I know. Um, K- K- Titus says, Korean lesson 101, instead of saying, Kamsabnida, the sorry, the men say, nope, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, Titus, this is the um, PG show. Sure. Darren no. says, yep, Kingdom is awesome. Uh, yeah, a lot to chew on every episode. Mm. Uh, hashtag alive. And then pretty fun movie, a different angle on zombie survival. Yeah, cool. I'll check it out then. Yeah. Uh, so I read Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Um, that's not like any of its movie adaptations, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Vincent Price's is the closest and also kind of the worst. Um, <laughs> I like Vincent Price, but that's not a great film. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the book is the book is solid. That was a solid novella. I, I enjoyed reading that. I recommend it. It's it's short. Nice. Um, I also for class had to watch The Lost Boys, which I thoroughly enjoyed doing, especially after last week's episode. Mm-hmm. And then what we did this week, I'm like, man, I'm writing that like uh, same genre trifecta going on right here. Um, the Lost Boys still holds up. In fact, I enjoyed it even more than the last time I saw it this time. Now you can watch those sequels that are 25 years later. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, no. Where they focus on Corey Feldman, arguably the worst character. The Frog, what the do you Lost mean? Boys. The Frog Brothers. That's everyone's favorite part. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Ronald Reagan Boy Scouts. <laughs> Love them. That's Sax Man, though. He's still the best. Yeah, there's a lot of bad politics in that, but I understand. Um, not They're representing bad politics, not necessarily saying like those politics are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched uh, the first two episodes of Buffy. That was also part of my class, so I went back and revisited the first two episodes. That's of Buffy why you texted me. That is why I texted you about it, um, because I was watching it on Hulu, and uh, that needs a HD upgrade really, really badly. Oh, no. um, because the pixelation on the dark spots at this point, if you're watching on a nice television, is so gross, you can't make out features in the dark. Oh, and I'm like, my favorite... One of my favorite things about the about when they remastered it for streaming. And by the way, Buffy doesn't have a Blu-ray release. Um, it has only been remastered for streaming yeah. once, ages ago. Um, the It was never color corrected. So the scenes where Buffy and all other characters are asleep at night, they were shot during the day and then color corrected to be night. Yeah. So many... They, it wasn't color corrected, so they're just taking a new nap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's It's really bad um that is not the way i recommend watching buffy uh if i had my dvds physically with me but i don't but if i did i would have watched it on that way instead because the hulu streaming version is not not good um that show needs to be buffed up uh buffy needs to get buffed up yeah Mm. uh we didn't record our episode for it but we did watch lovecraft country yes and now Um, there's a new one out right now Yep, uh, the finale. So we'll be talking about that real soon, so I won't say much more about it here. Megan and I finished the one episode of Close Enough we didn't. Um, It was weird because it was arguably, I think, the worst episode of this whole show. 
maybe Ben will agree with me. Maybe he won't. Um, I'm not gonna lie. The parts of close up I do remember are, I, I oh man, I'm trying to remember the finale. Oh, I remember enjoying the finale. What? Ben, the finale is the double length episode about Dog Boy. Oh yeah, no, that was the greatest. It's 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 kind of the worst, and I'm like, why is the last episode the worst? <laughs> it's okay, downright nerdy. We won't disown you. That's fine. <clears throat> don't worry, but no, that's, that's fine. You don't have to have seen an episode of Buffy. It's and yes, K. Titus, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It still it still holds holds up decently well. Um, it's certainly becoming a product of its time very clearly. Uh, but Buffy's Buffy's not bad. Um. It was cool to, to watch it and like analyze it in the class because we were talking about different interpretations of vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Close Enough is a solid show, but the last episode is not good, and I wish we hadn't like saved it off because we just we ran out of time, so we weren't finishing the season. Then we go back, and we were both kind of like, eh, that wasn't a great episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, huh? For Close Enough, which one's your favorite, if you have one? Uh... I really like the Logan's Run Club. Logan's episode. Run Club. That's my favorite one too. That's that's pretty good. I, that one sticks out in my mind the most. I think I also really like. The, I know I really like the one where um, the couple are trying to recreate their first date, which was with to a haunted house. Oh yeah. And they go to the like really extreme one where it literally yeah. bends reality around them uh-huh. and, uh, and mind screws with them, makes them think that the other died and they that they're both ghosts. <laughs> That they died in the original haunted house. <laughs> That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, uh, we watched another episode of Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh yes, That's a still super solid atmospheric show. Yeah, we're we're making our way through. Um, Megan and I finished McMillions. That What'd was good. Um, uh, that docu series probably runs one or two episodes longer than it should. Probably. Um, I like the FBI agent who's like totally jazzed about doing. No, this absolutely, interview. that guy. We all love that guy. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, Ryan had already kind of dropped out, uh, and I don't blame him because like it gets, it just starts taking a little too long to get to the interesting stuff. Yeah, um, and like too often, it what it is is that you have to hear from the opinion of every person that was involved because they filmed with them. Yeah, so they put them all in there, and I'm like, that's that's a lot. And at that, and by the end of it, like by the time we were at the fifth episode, I'm like, I'm just sticking around because I want to know how he did it. That's mm-hmm. all, the only reason I'm still here is to know how he did it. Um, and it was like, wow, that's that's pretty insane how he did it. Um, I'll tell you later. It's McCrazy. Uh, you should start Blind Manor. Did you want? I hope you did Hill House downright nerdy. Uh, you should you should definitely do that before you do Blind Manor. Hill House. Not that they're connected. No, it's going to set you up more comfortably. Yeah, uh, I forgot. Somebody posted like. Hey, remember how dope that one episode is where it was like all like one one shot? I'm like, yeah. oh my god, that show is so good. Yeah. Um, and this show is also quite good. Um, during a lot of my downtime, I went to Disney Plus and I watched Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes because they had them separated out into their Halloween collection. Nice. Uh, just like yeah, and so just going through the ages with the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, I think I went all the way up through the first thirteen. Um, Unlucky number thirteen. Really, really entertaining just fun to go back to the i love the classic treehouse of horror episodes um the shining is still one of my favorite interpretations that they've ever done of anything the only one i've ever seen is the raven one that's because i was showing school every year for halloween yeah the raven one's not bad the raven's the the very first one. Oh, it is that's the first yeah, treehouse horror? oh wow season two the very first treehouse special I did not know that. The only thing of The Simpsons I have seen are the movie and the Family Guy crossover episode. 
Uh, Brandon, cool. while, while they're doing this, I would definitely recommend checking out the first, like, few Treehouse of Horrors and seeing how you like them. Because mm-hmm. I think it's a really nice way to get, like, bite-sized, enjoyable bits of Simpsons, and it adds some Halloween flair to your year. My biggest problem with the Treehouse of Horror specials is right around season 12, they start having stories in them that are less about anything related to Halloween and just like we wanted to tell a story that didn't have to be related to Simpsons canon mm-hmm. where we could just like do whatever Goof we off. want, like give Bart superpowers or whatever. Uh, but it has nothing to do really with this time of the year. Uh, and I think it's better when it's focused on that. And the first few seasons are really solidly in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'd enjoy it. And it's a nice way for you to kind of check that out and gauge the Simpsons over a period of time, which I kind of like too. early Simpsons because you're jumping in just once a year. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, they separated it out. It's really nice. Um, the last thing I'll talk about is that Megan and I rewatched Netflix's The Babysitter. Uh, Max says best. That's not bad. That's not bad, for sure. I, I have a personal attraction to The Shining, but I get it. I get the uh, Matt. I also like The Babysitter. Uh, yes, Netflix's The Babysitter. Rewatched it because Megan and I wanted to watch the new one. It's a um, show or movie? Movie. Okay. Cool. Really glad we rewatched it because uh, this is very much now that I've seen the second one. This is like a Happy Death Day one two punch. Cool. Like they belong watched together now that they're both out. I'll probably um, do that. I would love to do it again with you, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd. Oh, did you see? The second one kills me like so good. So yeah. You did see two. Yes, we. I, I did watch the Babysitter Killer Queen earlier today. Yeah, I like the uh, second one a lot. I like the second one a lot too. Um, it has a really, really massive plot hole uh, because of how it's making the story from the first one continue. And I'll tell you about it uh, when we're not on air. But um, it's uh, but it's solid. Like overall, I can look past this glaringly stupid plot hole uh, to accept the story they're telling because it's so. I think I know what I think I know what you're talking about. You probably do. It's pretty pretty big and out there, but like. Uh, overall, the second one justifies its existence beyond measure with everything it does with its characters and, and the way it, it ends up the arc. Yeah. Uh, really solid. Really solid films. Um, Mick G did both of them and it's, it's surprising to really? get behind his stuff. Yeah. Wow, good for that That's guy. That's why he brings up Terminator in both movies because he's yeah. got a heart on from Salvation. He's got heart, heart ache. <laughs> um, is, that, is that everything? That is my everything. Other than that, I was doing school. So I, I, I'll go next. And last, I went to the comic book store, bought a bunch of comic books. I'm not going to talk about any of them because I didn't read any of them. However, I wanted to say I finally got my Eagle Moth, the Orville. Uh, if that right now you're still watching, definitely check out the Orville. Um, this is I like Eagle Moth a lot. I've got a lot of their ships uh, right next to me here, so it was really exciting to see that they had the, uh, the Orville one because I really like that show. And uh, hopefully this pandemic ends and season three can can get filming again. Yeah. Um, speaking of the stars, I guess I finished Star Wars Squadrons. Nice. Uh, nice. Play the whole game. It's very short, very quick. Uh, the set pieces are really cool. Uh, and the fight mechanics are a lot of fun. The story is pretty simple, as I mentioned before. But that game is built for that gameplay. And they do that the best. And that's what... I'm so excited for you guys to get it and play multiplayer because the piloting an X-Wing is, is awesome. 
you can drift in an X-Wing. And once I figured out how to do that, that's the coolest thing. Because you kind of like get into it and you kind of like start to feel the G-forces, even though you're not doing it in VR, even on a controller, it, it really works out. I liked it a whole lot. I, uh, awesome. I I had to get a refund on my PC version, so I'll pick it up probably soon. Okay. Luna. Because I couldn't play it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this, the story is pretty simple. It's, I just never loaded. Oh my God. <laughs> it's it's pretty simple it's cool to see like hera we know that hera is in it and the tra- from the trailers it's cool to see that um it, it, and the, i think it's really well balanced between the empire and the rebellion or the new republic sorry um but i i think piloting an x-wing is more fun than piloting a tie fighter yeah i can see that because tie fighters apparently apparently this is now canon but i didn't know this tie fighters don't have life support and don't have shields yeah, they don't have shields. Yeah, yeah they've, never, they've never had. That's shields. why they get shot down like like yeah. like nothing. But X but X wings have shields, and if you've seen me play any game, the shields help. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> anyway, in Battlefront. Yeah. Um, okay, so then I watched Star Trek Discovery. Discovery came back uh, this week. Uh, premiered season three. Uh, I think that's off to a good start. I, I won't say it's kind of lacking the charisma that Captain Pike had when he walked onto the bridge in the second season. Sure. Uh, and I missed that already but i think they've really gotten their stride going so far literally it is now past everything in canon even when they go to the future it's past that this is the furthest point in all canon Uh, i think it's funny that they decided to do that is it weird that like they are they are now that at that point where they're past all that canon and so now, like, probably nothing will ever need to contradict it because everything can just work before it. Yep, exactly. But, like, also deciding the future of Star Trek forever. Yes. Because <laughs> in Star Trek Voyager, we, we, we go to the 29th century and we find out that the Federation are now time travelers. That's, how, that's their exploration is, time, is through time. Um, and then in the 31st century, is, we're introduced in Enterprise to the 31st century where there is currently a temporal Cold War happening. That was supposed to end the series with Archer teaming up with Picard and Shatner uh, to fight in the 31st century with 31st century, like the Enterprise J and different ships. Well, supposedly it was supposed to be really cool. Never happened because that show was canceled after the first four seasons. Um, but in Discovery, and I don't know if this is intentional, I don't know if I want to give them that, that credit, but they do say time travel has been outlawed since the Temporal War. So I was like, okay, all right. right. You did something. Sticking um, to, to the canon. Yeah, so I, I did appreciate that. The new character's cool. He's got a cat. Cat's instantly the favorite of the series. Meow. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think it's a solid start. It, it has it has more in common with Andromeda now than it does for Star Trek. And if you've seen Kevin Sorbo's Andromeda, I know I talked to you guys a bit about it on Friday. But if you've seen Kevin Sorbo, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, look it up. Um, I caught up on Gods of High School in uh, preparation for our anime week that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but I did catch up on the episodes that I, that I missed due to extraneous circumstances. I had to miss a couple of episodes, so, so I was behind. Um, animation's real good. Anyway. Um, and, Which was that last episode that you Oh, watched. I did like that last episode. See, wasn't very, that weird? Yeah, I'm very confused by the rules of this world, though. I, I mean, I told you, buddy, like, teddy bears shooting lasers coming out of a cross, like, you, you lost me. Yeah, what? no, it's like it's it's a cool. This, and I told you this a couple weeks ago that that happened, and you were like, "Hold on, let me get this straight." It's a it's a really well animated uh, series. I just feel like it's too short. It's only thirteen episodes. 
uh, in total. And then the series is done. And I feel like it needed more to flesh out the world, but also it's going too fast to have more episodes because it just skips like the tournament, the tournament we're introduced to all these cool characters that are in the intro of the, of the series. And then they're like beaten. Well, they still, the first five episodes are over. They still want a season two. Do they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the web comic goes past what you're going to see by the end of season one, what we're okay. going to see by the end of season one. Um, they just haven't been officially picked up for one. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I don't take it back, but I'll 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 accept. I'll, uh, but I mean, like, it, just Xander, who has looked at the webcomic, has said that like they're rushing other some points and then going too slow in other places. Yeah, it's it's very weird the way they've decided to do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I watched Digimon Adventure: Last Evolution Kazuna, the final Digimon Adventure movie. Uh, this is our you know our generation, the kids. It's the end of their journey because now the reboot is on, is airing uh, in Japan. Uh, so they did one final hurrah with the with the original cast and and well, not all the original cast, but definitely the original characters, and uh, uh, that was very emotional. I'm uh, sure. I think emotionally they really nail it. Um, it is not about the rest of the Digidestin though. It is firmly about Matt and Ty, and I think that's actually the biggest problem I have with that with that movie. Um, because it because we don't get a sense in the basically the story is if you, if you've kind of seen the trailer, uh, Agumon and and Go, not Gomamon, Gabumon. Gabumon are uh, going to disappear because there's no more latent potential in Matt and Ty anymore. They're now becoming adults, and when you become an adult, your Digimon leaves you. Right. Um, so that's what they're dealing like with. Imaginary oh, friend rules. Yeah. Right. So what that's what they're dealing with, but none of the other Digidestin are. It's just Matt and Ty. And it's not because they're older because Gomamon is still with Joe and Joe is firmly within his, like, he's a doctor now. Um, or Mimi is now the head of a, anyway. But Sora doesn't get a lot of play. The second gen, the second gen kids get some good play. I like that. I like seeing Davis and Ken and Yoli and uh, their Digimon. Real quickly, friend of the show, Chris Swindle is Hawkmon in, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the movie. And that was awesome. Really? Yeah. That was awesome. Hawkmon. Hawkmon was Yoli's Digimon. Oh, uh, what's up, Chris? You're cute. What, was <laughs> was the Hawkmon in the original show or no? No, Hawkmon was was one of the egg Digimon from the second from the second. No, 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 no. I mean, was he was uh, Chris one of the voice of Hawkmon in the original? Oh like, no, no, he's the new voice. He's the new voice. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Most of the movie is actually recast, with the exception of Ty and Agumon and some oh. of the Digimon. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which is fine, but anyway, it, it really does nail the emotional impact of like getting older, um, and and dealing with like you got to leave the the past behind. So there's a the Jedi shows up for like a minute, and that was funny because it doesn't end up happening at all. The movie could have been longer; it's only an hour and a half, but it's a solid movie. I was happy to have that ending for those characters. Well, that kind of puts the end of season two just like sweeps that under the rug. Completely huh? try, try completely retcons the end of season two, which is like, hey, we all have Digimon and we're all adults now. Every single person in the world has a Digimon. Not anymore. Oh. And like try is just like, nah, never mind. We lied. Yeah, I still de- I still haven't seen the last try film. I have all sick all five of them. Hey, you know that new character that was introduced in try and you know that a character was introduced in try? Yeah. She's gone. She's gone. She's not in, oh, in the movie. Uh, Downright Nerdy says a pretty long comment. Sorry, boys, about to pass out. Luckily, I have a longer commute now, so I'll be able to listen to the rest on the way to work. Have a great episode. Bye, Michael. Say hey to Riley. Bye. Yeah, Yeah. man. Okay, so that's that. I also watched Jurassic World, 
Fallen Kingdom. I don't know why, but I bought it. Because you watched Jurassic World. Yeah, and I was kind of like, I could watch the next one. You know, if you accept what it is, it's kind of a good watch. I think the opening on the island is awesome and honestly really good filmmaker. At some point. I'm all right. What? I need to revisit it. It's not... Look, I'm not making excuses. It's not a good movie. But it is definitely the worst Jurassic Park movie. Uh, but if you kind of like accept it and let the movie like wash over you, you don't, you don't regret watching it. It's pretty short. It's only like two hours. I, 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 I'm going to say I think your intense love of Jurassic Park that washes over you thing because if this were a different movie that was as bad as Fallen Kingdom, you would not be saying just let it wash over you. I'd watch it whenever. But I think because you love Jurassic Park, you'll accept it because it's Jurassic Park. I will. I will accept that, but also counter when the movie first came out, I hated it. Okay. Um, you, and, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and now so, you're letting it wash over you. But now I'm kind of. But now I, I think it is my love of Jurassic Park of just like well dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, that's, but that's I didn't. I did notice something interesting, and I and I don't think this is my nostalgia. I think Blue has the only recognizable character arc in both movies. The dinosaur? The dinosaur. Dinosaur has a character arc? Yes. Oh, okay. They put more effort in Blue as a character than they do Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Well, that's probably true. That's definitely true in Fallen Kingdom. I can remember that. I don't even know who those characters are. Like... When Blue's not on screen, I'm I'm like that's how you know a character is charisma and a character art that you're invested in. Because when Blue's not on the screen, I don't care. I I know there's an interesting parallel path when the last Jurassic World comes out to like compare the sequel trilogy of Star Wars to that. Because yeah. there's there's there are some interesting parallels there, and I know it, man. It's and it's shame. not just Colin Trevorrow jumping It's a shame them. that Fallen Kingdom is the last Jedi, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two visions. I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, but I think it is shot really well. Um, anyway, I had a good yeah. time with it. Yeah, that's good. But I watched uh, a couple a couple other things. I watched the West Wing reunion special. I've been watching the West Wing. I'm on season three. I decided to watch the HBO Max reunion special. That's weird. Because <laughs> it's, it is them much older. And right. it's an episode from season three. Yeah. Um, and those characters like slip into the those actors slip into those characters really nicely, and so it's kind of yeah. nice in that sense. Um, Sterling K. Brown plays Leo, the White House chief of staff, who passed away in the final season of The West Wing. Right. The actor. So they got him to replace him. So it's really strange having Leo, who is the president's childhood best friend, played by Sterling K. Brown, and then Martin Sheen, who's a hundred. As the president. What do you mean? Martin, she was it hanging is, out with an infant. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it a little bit when, in the preamble last week, but like, it is weird to me that they decided when we do this, we're just going to do an old episode of the West Wing. Yeah. And I'm like, why not make something new? I mean, I, I understand it's hard to justify it in the moment of COVID, but like, yeah. it, it, make something new. It's so easy to, for justification. You just have some young journalist going, oh, what would the president of this think about it? Yes, exactly. Like, like we ask about we ask about the opinions of old presidents all the time. It's so easy. Right. To get that's like, what that's what someone already yeah. did on Twitter with a whole thread. And I'm like, it. it yes, I do think it would have been better it's, for them to just even like do one one in the a one minute soundbite from all the characters, and that's like 20 minutes long. That's I agree. I've heard everyone who said they watched the Brandon is saying it's utterly weird to watch. Yeah, it's just it's strange. Like a, it's like a Zoom thing. Like okay, um, but it's like you know what? Like, but not. Yeah, it's more. Yeah. Um, it's weird also the actors they get back because they get like some of the press corps side characters back and they get some of the assistants back who aren't speaking name or aren't speaking uh, roles. Uh, it's just, just weird. I just remembered that they're having some table read of a Friends episode 
or Friends episodes um, where all of the parts are read by black actors. Yes, I remember I about that. Don't know when that's happening, but I'm really intrigued by that all experiment. Right. I wonder if it's like a really bad episode. I think they're doing like three, okay. two or three, okay. but I'm not sure. That's interesting. And then to wrap up, um, I watched the final two James Cameron films that I hadn't seen before. Uh, so now I've seen all of his movies. So I watched The Abyss, which Amazon, get your shit together because you only have that in four by three. Excuse me. Oh, it's a little box. Ooh. Uh-uh. And that movie doesn't even have a Blu-ray release. It would look gorgeous on Blu-ray. Well, that's probably why has... Amazon only has four three. So don't blame Amazon. Blame them releasing the movie. Surely there's a widescreen version of this movie somewhere. <laughs> It, is there, or did it only come out on DVD when they were only doing full screens? For I'm sure the I'm sure the movie in cinemas wasn't four by three. I'm sure, but did they physically ever release it differently? I think the fact that it doesn't have a Blu-ray tells you something. Because remember, there was that period of time where DVDs were full screen only. That's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. I that was a we, bad time. Listen, I grew up with my stepdad going, "Well, I don't know why I wouldn't watch it in full screen. I want the whole movie." My dad not realizing that's not what's how it's made. Yes, my dad convinced me that we shouldn't be buying widescreen versions of things because he doesn't like the black bars. And then I got a little further along in my life, and I went, "Wait a minute, we're missing so much movie." I had the producers on on full screen forever because I was like. Whatever, because at the time when the producers and even Revenge of the Sith came out, they offered the 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 choice. You could buy them in full screen or in widescreen. Right. Some movies gave you both. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I watched that. Looking uh, on this, I still have my copies of Indiana Jones on full screen. You need to change that, buddy. I bet I have some upstairs from my old DVDs. I definitely have some full screens in Monterey. Yeah. No, um, Ryan, you came over to my house when we did the Indiana Jones. Um, when we right. watched it together. That wasn't just a bad, like, uh, uh, full screen. That was just, like, a bad copy. That thing was, like, destroyed. Yeah, that thing's old. Like, that was, like, a barely made through it. All right, so anyway, I watched The Abyss. Uh, James Cameron's The Abyss that almost destroyed his career uh, because it bombed so badly and it cost so much money. Uh, it's a gorgeous-looking movie. Uh, I think it's all right. I do think I agree it's his weakest film. Um, but he's made nothing but good films, so, you know, what, what, what do I know? Yeah. Um, Technologically speaking, it's incredible for its time. Yeah, ever. Uh, I mean, that's the thing about James Cameron. Like he's he is always pushing the the technology envelope forward yeah. in every movie. Um, and then I watched the final movie that I hadn't seen, which was True Lies. Arnold Schwarzenegger's True Lies. You've never seen True Lies? Never seen it before. Did you hear? Uh, ben? She even gasped. Ben, Ben, you are not the one to criticize about this. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, I'm not criticizing. I'm sorry, how many? How much of Aliens have you seen? A third of it. That's fine. Alien. <laughs> there you, not anyway so i watched true lies uh i didn't know what that movie was about that was a blast i liked that movie a lot that movie's really funny and really uh, good it was it was really funny schwarzenegger uh i, I really like the era of schwarzenegger playing every man every man arnold schwarzenegger mm-hmm. all american arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> I'll die on the hill that the best Schwarzenegger's film is The Last Action Hero. That movie's dope, too. It was great. He's like a parody of his own Schwarzenegger movies. beating the shit out of Schwarzenegger for not being a real person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, that dude has, like, some serious charisma. Um, yeah. I'm glad he got to display it, because, like, he was just, like, the big beefy boy, but then, like, oh, no, he's actually very funny, too. Um, yeah. yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Bill Paxton is in it. Um, kills in that movie man yeah he does yeah i had a i had a really good time with that one i I enjoyed that one 
quite a bit. I'm glad. That's it. I've seen all the James Cameron films now, so next was Coppola. Well, I'm not going to way, way more movies than... than yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to watch all of Coppola's films. Anyway. Y'all have to spend $800 on a wine set to do that, though. <laughs> yeah, although because of that video, I do want to watch some of the Coppola films that I haven't seen yet. <clears throat> Especially one from the heart. Oh, that, that train wreck? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mag says, love the henchman comedy and sidekicks. Yes. Mm. Yeah, mm. I like the sidekicks too. Shall we get into our bread and butter then? Let us commence the, the, the butter session. Yeah. All right. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay. Not in my ear. Thank you. All right. So, real quickly, some sad news. Uh, Conchata Farrell passed away this week. Um, she's most known as the uh, uh, cleaning lady Berta from Two and a Half Men. Yep. Um, she passed away at the age of 77 this week from a cardiac arrest complication. Huh. I just didn't realize she was that old. Neither no, did I. Neither did I. Honestly. Like, I just, I, like, I don't know when I'd last seen her in anything. Honestly, uh, that was, like, newer. Yeah. Uh, but I just had no concept she was that old. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm glad she lived as long as she did. Um, it sucks. She's one of those, like, you know her when you see her. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you're not, you'll see her in sh- so many projects. Yeah. Um, but she won't, she won't ever, like, get true, true, full lasting recognition. No, but uh, she was on one of the most popular television shows of all time. Yes. Um, and, man, I'm sure her bank account looked pretty good. Oh, I believe it. it. I so, believe like, it. Uh, good for her for la- for. Yeah, she stayed on that. She stayed. She stayed on that show longer than Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. And for what I remember of the episodes of Two and a Half Men that I would watch or that I did watch, she was hilarious. She actually was the funniest person on that show. Yeah, I think uh, so. I thought so. I, I would. I would regularly regularly agree with that. Uh, I think the the weird role that most sticks out in my brain with her is probably. Uh, Adam Sandler's Mr. Deeds. I knew I thought of where she beats the shit out of Winona Ryder. Yeah, I was trying to think of what else I saw her in. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. Uh, God, I need to rewatch Mr. Deeds. Yeah, uh, yeah, may she rest well. Yes, I started watching Contact this morning, by the way. I didn't finish it, but we'll talk about that next week. Not finishing movies in one sitting, it it hurts me. Well, no, I start start them before the, the. this more specifically, I started it before we were going to do the show, and then that was an, I was an hour and a half in. I was like, "Oh, I got to go record the show." Oh, I guess I just have I just time it better. Um, yeah, I don't time it well. That's that's really what it is. Anyway, so some Disney news, real quickly before I mention this, I should also say that Deadline Hollywood Deadline has not had the best track record lately when it comes to Marvel news. So definitely not. This was uh, a hurdle. So real quickly before we get to 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 that, I want to mention that they announced that. Zot, oh man, Zot, 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 I'm sorry. I'll look it up. Hold on. Um, Gomez from the Babysitter, from the Babysitter's Club TV series. um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has been cast in an undisclosed role in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. God, I hope this is true. Me too. Not just for this actress, but for that character, because she's so cool. Uh, this, this actress is dope. What character? Uh, um, uh, we think uh, it's um. Uh, uh, what? No, uh, oh no! I I thought it was going to be. Remember, Jason Aaron introduced a sidekick to Doctor Strange, a, a yeah, young Zelda. a young woman. Yeah, Zelda. They Zelda. also 
yeah, they also did that, but like this is a the multiverse of madness, so everyone's assuming America Chavez because she's the reality punching. Yeah, but we don't, we we don't know, and Deadline yeah. didn't say yeah. so. Uh, either way, I will say like we talked about a little earlier this year. Um, I was sincerely impressed with the talent on the show the babysitters club yeah uh, those are all talented little actors so uh this is cool and i hope it's true regardless of who she's playing i just hope that those actors get more work so brandon i also never knew how to pronounce his name because it is it has lots of different uh, letters in it uh apparently you pronounce it so s o cheaty so cheaty so uh, no, because it's the S and the O are separated. So it's S O C H A E T. Okay, that. Yeah. And we're sorry if you're listening to this. Um, yeah. The other thing is the reason why I bring up Deadline uh, is that they apparently got wrong that Tatiana Maslany has been cast as She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters. Crazy. Yeah, this is so weird. So Tatiana Maslany said that uh, yeah, that's not true. Now here's the thing. Oh, the cats agree apparently. Uh, this was what two weeks ago? At yes. Least? Yeah. Yeah. Tatiana Maslany was trending for this. There's no way she wasn't aware on some level that she was trending for this. Why address it so much later? Mm-hmm. Just, this is I the same know. reason why we asked a year later why did Matt Smith suddenly say he wasn't in the Rise of Skywalker one year later? <laughs> yeah, true. Turns out, turns out because according to a lot of rumors, he was, and then he wasn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, that he was originally part of Trevorrow's so cast, maybe, and then he was removed. Yeah. So was Tatiana Maslany involved? Was she auditioned? I don't know. It just, just it. First off, it sucks if it's true that she's not She-Hulk. Bummer. Yeah. I was getting pretty stoked about that. A lot of people were. There was already so much fan art of her uh, as She-Hulk. It's a bummer. Uh, but also super weird yeah. the way that this came out. I'm like that. Why did this take so long? the showrunner of the show and they, they don't necessarily always know about casting stuff but you think you think they'd be involved even congratulated her and then it turned out to be wrong i'm just like man when your showrunner doesn't know who your star is i mean that's that's kind of it's just weird, a little weird to me it is possible now she was coached prior way m- months later months earlier to yeah. say certain things when asked about she hulk um, so she could still be reciting the those those lines yeah so it's like we're just like all these like we're hearing lots of casting stuff now and it's like no one like like the the miss marvel news like like yeah that's me i'm, I'm miss marvel and i'm like it just seems odd to wait two weeks ago like no that's not me it's, it's yeah. just weird it, yeah. it is weird uh but deadline also mm-hmm. has a has a pretty bad track record historically they like yeah. to get ahead of news that doesn't exist for sure like i i like egg on the face of deadline but like we didn't believe it because it was deadline we believed it because everybody else was saying yes. it was true Yes. Um, once like a certain number of people start spreading it like like once okay, a showrunner or yes, mark ruffalo yes. starts spreading it you assume it's probably true people, now granted yeah. mark ruffalo is not a great source because no. mark ruffalo probably everybody. saw it trending and went yeah great yeah because <laughs> nobody's telling him anything what's first. up cousin he probably turned on Twitter one day and he's like oh she's gonna play again, my cousin in the avengers that's cool but again i go back to like there's she was so popular on twitter for a day I don't. I just can't imagine why she would not address it. I would even say for the week. Yeah, like because like sooner, it's, it's like fa- like especially fans like fan love art. Her. There was yeah. fan art that she was tagged in. Like I, you knew. Yeah, this is kind of this is. I just looked at what, what's ahead. This is kind of the uh, take it with a grain of salt because it's coming from people that may not be so trustworthy right now. 
Is this is this involve Spider Man? No, I don't have that one on here. But we should mention. I don't that, want that. Well, Sony said that's not happening. Okay, good. Oh, you, you didn't see that? Well, Sony. That's the news that Sony was like, we've not cast Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Like you would know. Oh, yeah. Well, of course they would say that, but also who who said oh, that? I think you. I think it is. I think it is true because why would you keep that a secret? Because it's a you big. Do, I mean, you it don't. Is, which doesn't say anything. It just says like we haven't done it yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. I don't want you to do it anytime soon. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the Mandalorian apparently is getting a spinoff. Um, this comes from unnamed sources that Cara Dune, uh, Gina, Car- Gina Carano's character, is going to headline a spinoff of the Mandalorian. Uh, that will also apparently have Katie Sackhoff's Bo-Katan in the series. I, I don't care. This is me. I could find. Wait, hold on. Uh, wait, hold on, Ben. Ryan, what'd you say? I don't believe you. Yeah. Ben, what'd you say? I'm just going to go grab a big-ass green assault. Yeah, I don't believe this is happening. I do think that there have been talks of, like, everyone getting a Disney Plus series. But I don't think, and I think, I don't think it's been, like, I don't think they've ever gone further than talks. I just, I just definitely think. I feel like that Lando series would be real before this would. I just, yeah. yeah. And also, like, all, like, I guess Disney doesn't care about. Well, no, they do care about PR, but like, uh, I genuinely, Cara Dune hasn't. Whatever that, uh, uh, what's her name again? Gina um, Carano. Gina Carano hasn't had the best social experience the last month or so because she's kind of, kind of a bad person. So I'm just saying, I doubt, <laughs> I doubt well, she. Would have a what lead. I think it, what I think it is, and I talk about it a lot. I think what has happened is that a lot of this, this kind of stuff, especially this this sort of thing, a intern, an assistant to an intern, heard some higher up say, what about a, what about a, a Gina Carano miniseries? Right. And they went to the news and said, hey, they're talking about this. Yes. Right. There's a, there's a pitch thing where they're throwing all the ideas out there of what they could possibly do, and then people are going, they're making it. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, I don't I don't think this will happen. I don't think so either. Um, according to the Diz Insider, <laughs> Night at the Museum is getting a sequel animated movie this is called Kamun Ra Rises, which Kamun Ra is the villain from the third film. Uh, where Rami Malik? No, Rami Malik is his son, who was the, who was the Prince of Egypt. Kamun Ra is his dad, played by Hank Azaria. That's right, got it. Jesus yeah. Um. Well, the ser- the movie will center on the nervous and confidence lacking Nick Daly, the son of Ben Stiller's character Larry Daly, who is hesitant to follow in his father's footsteps as the night watchman of a museum that comes to life at night. Has enough time passed for Ben Stiller's son to now be the guy? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, actually. Oh no. Dan Stevens is in that third one. He is. Oh, I don't have to watch that. There's there's great actors in those. I just haven't watched them. Oh, you either. I oh, oh wait. wait, hold on, uh, real quickly, Sparks. I think you'd like the first one at least. I think that the first one is a legitimately good movie. Look, I'm sure yeah. I'd like all of them just for Robin Williams alone, but like I haven't done it. I just um, haven't. I, knowing you, I think the first one is, is, your, is your jam. The second two are kind of guilty pleasures <laughs> for me. I do like them, but they're whatever. Is it Amy Adams in the second one? Yes, she plays yeah, Amelia Earhart. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Wait, Ben Kingsley's in the third one. Oh, actors are in movies. Ben Kingsley is in the third one. Wait, who's Hank Azaria? What was Hank Azaria was in the second one? No, Hank Azaria. No, yeah, Hank Azaria is in the third one. You're right because Ben Stiller is not Ben Stiller. uh, Uh, The Mandarin is in the is in the third one. Ben Kingsley. 
Ben Kingsley. Thank you. Gandhi. Okay. Um, anyway. Tell it's me more weird. about It's weird that this. they're making this animated thing. Yeah. Um, they also said that none of the original actors are returning, but they hope that Owen Wilson and... What's <laughs> well, his name? Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan will. Um, all right. I've seen I've seen clips of the two of them. I know they're a thing. Yeah, they're a thing. They are. Uh, I didn't I didn't put this in here. I but did it. Do you want me to take over? No, I got it. No, I could do it. No, it's on my pad. Yeah, it's on mine too. I can open my phone. It'll be on my phone too. Dragon Ball. My phone will be on mine as well. Yeah, fine. You do it. You do it, Sparks. Okay, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot just announced that they are going to have a 1 versus 100 battle mode, which has never been in any Dragon Ball game before. Okay. Uh, which sounds dope as hell. Uh, I'm just really pumped about that. The idea yeah. of like Dragon Ball Z Dynasty Warriors. Oh, like so, that. Got yeah, it. 1 okay. versus 100. Oh, because 1 versus 100 uh, used to be a game on the Xbox, which was a trivia game. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so it's 1... One versus like a hundred Frieza soldiers and that Got kind it. of thing. So like you're facing oh. weaker opponents, but more of them. So is this just like a like a like a update? It's or? also a mode yeah, of small part, part of the next DLC. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. For, yeah, yeah, for, for, yeah, the one versus one hundred thing is also a mode of Smash Bros. There's right. a one versus one hundred. Right, same concept, but it's not going to be in that format. Right, you, you big, know what I big mean. open space. Yeah, command me. Uh, anyway, so they're getting that, which I think is dope because no Dragon Ball game has ever done that, and I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, you can have like your real Bardock moment where he's going for the ship and all the soldiers are trying to stop. Oh, him. that's cool, all right. right? I see. What's funny is I started playing Xenoverse like right before Kakarot came out, so I didn't want to play another type of those games. Yeah, yeah. But now enough times pass where I'm like, I get down. Kakarot's Kakarot. apparently getting a lot of good stuff, and they keep improving the game, and I'm like, that's pretty dope. I could get down for Kakarot. Um, there's rumors already swirling that they're going to add Moro to the game before Moro's even made into anime. That makes sense. Uh, which is funny. That makes sense. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of that, um, Dragon Ball Super's manga, they had an interview with um, uh, the editor, uh, and he talked about the fact that um, apparently the Moro arc is nearing its end very soon, and they are moving forward into the next arc, which I'm uh, stoked about. So this, is she. <laughs> uh, they, they acknowledge that Toriyama is in charge still of most of the story, um, because Toya Toro and the editor take pitches to Toriyama, and then he pretty much refines exactly what he wants out of it. Mm -hmm. And that they have a whole bunch of things that they pick from, and then they narrow it down into what they want. So that's how the manga arcs are being decided. And this pretty much told everyone that at this moment, nobody is talking about working on a new anime series at this moment. Toriyama's yeah. doing a movie, and he's working with them on the manga. No new anime for a while. So That's fine, as long as that movie's dope. Yeah. Can I read the next one? I really want to read the synopsis. If you want to do it, go ahead. Okay, cool. So Space Jam A New Legacy had their synopsis put out. Ben, would you like to hear the synopsis for the Space Jam sequel? You're Get not going to believe it. Come on and slam. During a trip to the Warner Brothers studio, NBA superstar LeBron James and his son accidentally get trapped within a world that contains all of Warner Brothers' stories and characters under the control of a malfunctioning, all-powerful force named Al G., uh, played by Don Cheadle. With the help of Bugs Bunny, LeBron must navigate through a never-before-imagined world filled with iconic movie scenes and characters as they reassemble the Looney Tunes to rescue his lost son. Now to get back home, LeBron and the Tunes have to unravel Al G's mysterious plan and win an epic basketball game against digital gamified super versions of the NBA and WNBA's biggest stars as the entire world watches. I'm gonna watch this movie. 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 So, 
my question is where is the space part of this basketball? <laughs> you, know, you said digitized, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cyberspace. That's oh, the space that's part of it. Oh, go suck it. Um, okay. You know what? Props. Okay. Props. Props to them to also including the WNBA. Well, this is so. This is a. This is this is a true sequel. Yeah. To that. To that first film. Um, where the where where the Warner Brothers cartoons exist just under our world. Yes, this sounds to me more like uh, the Lego movie where all those Warner Brothers. So I think I made a joke to him that we're going to have Voldemort doing like sick basketball moves. That's probably not going to happen. You know what else it sounds like to me? Ready what? Player One. I, it also sounds yeah, like everyone, but we're going to go through iconic movie scenes and I'm like, oh listen, my gosh. If it's, listen, LeBron's a funny dude. Uh, I already know he's a funny dude. He's been in movies before. Yeah, yeah. LeBron and, and, and uh, uh, Bugs Bunny going through what's a funny Warner Brothers movie? Like, is Airplane? I don't know. Like, they're showing up in a movie and having to be, like, quirky, like, MST3K. Like, that sounds more appealing than a, than a Freddy Player One, to be honest. They're probably going to show up somewhere in the Lord of the Rings. I feel like there's a Lord of the Rings joke in um, there. Here's the thing. Space Jam, uh, for, uh, take away all the nostalgia, that is a product placement movie. That is made. Yeah. There's literally a line where he's like, we're going to get our, our Nikes and get Taco Bell and get our Doritos. And I'm like, here's all the things that paid us billions of dollars. Like, that is a movie made to make a lot of money. So I've no, I don't care about Space Jam having a sequel. This sounds awesome. <laughs> this sounds like if we're gonna make a stupid movie, let's do it. it, it I does. think I think it's it's limited to animated characters. I don't think we're gonna see them walking into the Lord of the Rings or anything like that. You say that? Could you God? Could you imagine? But Elijah Wood is like he has like sting but drops and starts like doing a frisbee thing with the. Oh my God! Could you imagine? Um, uh, which historian <laughs> was that even good enough movie to get a sequel? No. But it made money. Um, Return of Nike commercial to Space Jam. Maybe. Dude, the, the merchandise is going to be the biggest part of this movie because nostalgic kids like us, like we buy Space, Space Jam shit. Dude, I remember back when I first watched Space Jam. My first I may or may not have a have a Toon Squad jersey. I used to have a Toon Squad jersey. It was a Michael Jordan Squad jersey. I even had the Converse All-Stars to go along with it. Hey, Ben, we all like cosplay, and sports jerseys are just an extension of that, and that's cool. We're just not ready to talk about it. You, you know what? I can agree with that. I can wholeheartedly agree with that. Good, yeah. you big nerd. Um, so, I... Why is he do the show? I just can't believe how insane this synopsis is. And he's with his kid, and his son gets kidnapped, and, like, he has to save his son from, like, an evil... And it's kind of the Muppets, because they gotta get the Looney Tunes gang back, back together. And it's against an, an evil AI that, like, runs all, like, the movie shit. Like, I mean, that seems super silly. I mean, I find it... Oh, Does Bill Murray return? Yes or no? No. Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. 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 Bill, Bill, I say yes. Bill's a good enough guy. Mark's and I are saying no. You guys are saying yes. Okay. What it's about Wayne Knight? Does Wayne Knight return? Who Wayne I, Knight? Who does Wayne Knight? Oh, 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 uh, frack. Does uh, Michael Jordan return? No. I no. say no to that. Hey, you should, yeah. I say he definitely does. And it's it, it's going to be literally like, uh, it's exactly the scene from the Muppets where they're trying to recruit Ralph. Okay. And he's sl- sleeping on his porch, except instead of saying yes, he says no. Got it. He's just in retirement. He's like, no, thank you. He's like, I've already done, I already did one of those. I'm good. Yeah. Actually, that was. You know what? The Michael Jordan cameo is probably just going to be a picture of him with his extended arm at the end of the movie so he can make the final slam dunk. I'm sure. I wish his arm never... Which historian says, except the Muppets are doing great on HBO. I believe that's Sesame Street, which is not owned by Jim Henson's The Muppet Company right now. Um, All right. Let's see. Because the Muppets are on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. That's correct. With With a pretty not funny show. Anyway... 
uh, guys, do we remember that George Miller has been talking about a Mad Max spinoff forever? Yes. Well, he's finally going forward with it. The Furiosa spinoff is happening. Uh, George Miller is returning to direct and will also co-write the script with Doug Mitchell, his writing partner. Um, it's going to be a standalone movie that chronicles the origin of the title character originally played by Charlie Theron. Anya Taylor-Joy will play Furiosa, and Chris Hemsworth and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II has also been cast. Dope, dope cast, dope Great director. Cast. Man, yeah, this right. is... I, mean, I love Mad Max so much. That's such a cool franchise. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy is a great choice for this. Yes. Um, I really want them to get Charlize back just for the beginning and ending, like old woman telling her story backwards. God, I really kind of that'd be great. Kind of vibe. Yeah, that'd be I fun. Want, I just want more of that world forever. Um, okay. Uh, real quick. Historian. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's no. It's all good. Yeah. We do it. All the time. All the time. We are the fake nerds. Trust us. What was, the, what was the one early days I said that Aubrey Plaza was in? That mom's that mom's movie that was actually yes uh, we also yes I know which one you're talking about yeah. we also just did like a fake nerd book club about Power Rangers where we were all talking about something and then Brandon talked about an issue that had nothing to do with I, did. I talked about an issue from Go Go Power Rangers we were all just like yeah wait what yeah he read an issue of Go Go where it was revealed that like Billy had a history with uh, Skull oh. And, and like, I was just and like, like yep. a friend history, and we all just kind of shrugged and nodded and went, "Yep," and <laughs> didn't know what he was talking about and didn't call him. Well, he wasn't wrong. We were the Penguins of Madagascar. Smile and play, boy. But yes, that was an issue from Go Go Power Rangers. It's really good. Check, should read it. All right, Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for a fourth season. Uh, angering Trekkies everywhere. Yeah. Oh. Um, and Lock and Key was renewed for a third season. And the second season isn't even filmed yet. So. That surprises me. Oh. Wait, the second yeah. season hasn't even been filmed yet? That's for yeah. sure? Yeah, man, because they, it's COVID. Happened during COVID. Um, man, they just saw the scripts. We're like, yeah, this is another good. Uh, yeah. and Lock and Key angering the fans of Glow. Oh, yes. God. That's so oh. sad. Here's also what angered the fans of Glow. Dexter is returning. Oh my gosh, you're Wait, right. To, to I have, I could not believe how much overlap there was of people who were fans of Glow being pissed that Dexter is coming back. Is Dexter coming to Netflix? Michael C. Hall is returning to the title character for a 10-episode limited series on Showtime. Oh, then, okay. That's not Netflix. Um, uh, Clyde Phillips, who is the original showrunner of the first four seasons, is going to return as a showrunner for this, the new season. Um, um, yeah, I, I like that. Real quick, uh, oh, I'm Taylor Joy yeah. yet. I'm Taylor Joy, but are we all concerned that the men are way older than female actresses? And I hope there's not a love interest. Then... Oh, of course. No, yeah, that's that's kind of a. What but also, uh, it's not really a love story, Mad Max. Uh, Lock and Key oh, said, no. Lock and Key wasn't even that great. Lock and Key is great. Thank you very much. That's each Sharon. I get it. Yeah, I like Lock and, T Lock and Key a lot. Anyway, so yeah, Dexter is coming back. Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about, Dexter. I love Dexter until I didn't love Dexter. So, like, uh, that show ends uh, real bad. And if I can get, like, a nice little, hey, this is the actual ending, that's my favorite thing. And on a good note. That show, uh, peak, if you like, gro like, not gross, like, well, no, it's gross. If you like some good serial killer shit, uh, it's real good. He's a bad guy who hunts bad guys. It's real good. Um, okay. So now we get into probably one of the biggest news items of the week. Um, the, this new section is going to be long, so I apologize to those watching and listening on uh, the replay and the audio. Uh -oh. But strap in, boys and girls. We finally oh, got 
we finally got information on what DC's next thing is. What 5G has turned into was DC Future State. Uh, we're going to talk for a long time for something that's only two months. This is going to be a two-month a kind of a look into the future of the DC Universe far and close and near, far and near. So it's it's jumping between a bunch of time periods. It's not really um, right now. It is not connected to the main continuity, but they said that it is going to matter and things are going to continue on through the next year of DC Comics. But what this is is right now. I'll just read the Batman titles. Future's end. It's uh, yes, uh, but maybe better. Hopefully, anyway. Um, Future State, the next Batman, is a four-issue prestige uh, miniseries written by John Ridley with art by Nick Darrington and Laura Braga. That book will also have uh, backup stories for The Outsiders, which is written by Brandon Thomas with art by Summit Kumar. Arkham Knights, with art by, with, written by Paul Jenkins and Jack Herbert. Batgirls, which is going to be about definitely Cassandra Cain and Stephanie Brown as Batgirl, but possibly also Barbara Gordon. We don't know. That's written by Vita Ayala, with art by Aneki. I hope I pronounced that right. Gotham City Sirens, written by Paul, Paula uh, Savenbergen, with art by Emmanuel uh, Lubacino. Then they'll be followed with Future State Dark Detective, one through four, with uh, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Dan Mora. Yay. Uh, that will are, have are, you reading, are you reading Once in Future, the Dan Mora monthly comic book that he's drawing? No, I'm trade waiting on that one. I was, it was so far behind. It got delayed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I should be because I've heard I've heard good things. Um, Grifters was going to be the backup of that one. Matthew Rosenberg and Carmine D. Gian Domenico. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Red Hood. Uh, Joshua Williamson and uh, Giannis Milon Mil- 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 No. I'm sorry. Um, then it will also have miniseries and one-shots for Future State Batman Superman, Gene Lu- Luen Yang, Ben Oliver, Future State Catwoman, Ran V, Otto Schmidt, Future State Harley Quinn, Stephanie Phillips, and Simone DeMeo, Future State Nightwing, Andrew Constant, and Nicola Scott, Future State Robin Eternal, Megan Fitzmartin, and Eddie Barrows. Um, basically, what I'm not going to read the whole synopsis of them, but basically what has happened in Gotham City is that this new police state called the magistrate has taken over and Batman is there's like two Batman. Now there's Bruce Wayne. And then there's the new one. John Ridley is writing. Um, Bruce Wayne is much older and he's much more broken. Um, so cool. Cool. You forgot the best one, Brandon. Uh, if you're talking about Titans, which is the first appearance of red X. No, I didn't No, It's my boy. Which one? Swamp thing. Okay, well, that's later, too. Just covering the Bat family. Oh, my God, that's all just the Bat family. all just the Bat family. Did you tune out? Like, that was just Robin? Sorry. No, No, he didn't didn't even get to the rest of it. I forget there's so many books. I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh, my God. Dude, we got a lot of shit to go. Superman family now. Uh, wait, wait, wait! Just before you do that, uh, John Ridley's writing a black Batman, right? Yes. I feel like we should acknowledge. They haven't. That they haven't acknowledged, acknowledged who it is, but you have to. You have to. Yes, it's yeah. it's going to be a black Batman. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. It is one hundred percent a black Batman. They talked about it before at DC Fandom that he is writing a new black Batman. Very um, cool. Two months. Very cool. Dan Mora also did all the new character designs uh, mm-hmm. for this series, which was really cool. These are the Superman families: Future State, Superman, and Metropolis. With Sean Lewis and John Timms, we'll also have backup stories for The Guardian, Sean Lewis and Cully Hamner, and Mr. Miracle, Brandon Easton, 
uh, with art by Valentino Delandro. Also, Superman Future State, Superman Worlds of War. That's where, he, that's where Clark Kent is in War World. Philip Kennedy Johnson and Michael Janine with Midnight Story, Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad, and Gleb Mil- Mil- Milenkov. Yeah, Black Racer, Jeremy Adams, Saya uh, Alm, and another Mr. Miracle, which is going to tie into the other Mr. Miracle. So it's it's one series written by Brandon Easton and Valentino, Valentine de Landra. Immortal Wonder Woman. This is the Diana Prince one. Um, no, Immortal Wonder Woman is the new one. Is the new uh, Amazon as the new Amazonian rainforest. <laughs> Super from the Amazon rainforest. Um, Philip Kennedy Johnson and Michael, nope, Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. That one. That will also have a, a series Nubia with L.L. McKinney, the art by Alitha E. Martinez. Uh, it is Alitha. I didn't say that wrong. I didn't say that weird. Um, Future State House of L. Philip Kennedy Johnson, Scott Gold, 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 Lewski. I got there eventually. Kara Zorel, Superwoman, Marguerite Bennett, and Marguerite Savage. That's cool. Legion of Superheroes, Brian Michael Bendis and Riley Rosmo. Riley Rosmo, sorry. Superman, Wonder Woman. That's John Kent and the new Wonder Woman. Um, Dan Waters and Leela Del Duca. Ducha? Superman versus Imperious Lex. Mark Russell and Steve Pugh. And then Future State Wonder Woman. This is the Diana Prince. Janelle Jones. Joelle Jones, sorry. Um, and the, basically, basically, the stories happening in this one is that the new, the new Wonder Woman is being introduced. John Kent is Superman. Uh, Metropolis is in the bottle is now a bottled city, and Superwoman doesn't like that. Uh, Clark Kent is off in War World fighting Mongol. Cool new designs, cool new stories. Yeah. Then there's the Justice League family. This is the final group. Uh, Future State Justice League: Joshua Williamson and, Rob, and Robson Rocha. This is actually all the new characters uh, that were introduced in the, now the Justice League. We'll have a Justice League Dark title in it with Ram V and Mar- Marchio Takara. Green Lantern, one through two, Jeffrey Thorne and Tom Rainey. We'll also have a story, Tales of the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, Josie Campbell uh, with and Ryan Cady with art by Ernie Altbacher, Sammy Basra, and Clayton Henry. Suicide Squad, Robbie Thompson, Javi Fernandez. Black Adam, Jeremy Adams, Fernando Pissarin. Those are in one book. Aquaman, Brandon Thomas, and Daniels Sempier, The Flash, Brandon Vendetti, uh, Vietti, and Dale Eagles, Eaglesham. I like that, Eaglesham. Um, Future State Teen Titans. This is the first appearance of the Red X character from the Teen Titans animated show. Um, teen, it will be written by Tim Sheridan and Rafa Sandoval. Shazam, Tim Sheridan, Eduardo Pansica, Swamp Thing, by Ram V and Mike Perkins. It's got a really nice cover. It does have a nice cover. Yeah. Um, so what do we think about Future State now that we know what it is? <clears throat> I am so conflicted it makes me mad. Yeah. yeah. Because on one hand, I've talked about with Sparks yeah. a lot. Um, this is exactly what I wanted from DC. This is a whole bunch of brand spanking new people writing all your favorite characters, except mm-hmm. for a couple people. But they're it's a DC company. They're going to have their DC people write them. Yeah. Um, if I knew this is what 5G was going to be, and it's just like, this is just what the future of DC is going to be from however long, I would have probably loved it. The yeah. fact that this is confined to two months and they will cherry pick what they think works and what doesn't work 
really makes me sad that this is just going to be relegated to another event that people will forget about. This is the that's the part of it that bums me out is the fact that I feel like the way that they're presenting it, the way that it's sitting right now is that this is them putting out a whole bunch of talent and seeing what sells. Yeah. And whatever sells, we'll get to keep having a writing team. But like odds are things that we're going to like aren't going to get picked up and moved forward. Guaranteed um, some of those books are not going to sell. That's the part where I go, yeah. I'd rather yeah. they get committed to something. And uh, honestly, when I look when I look at this list, when I look at these teams, I'm excited for it. I'm going to pick up a lot of these books probably. But the thing that I want to know is when these are over, like we talked about it forever, Gene Luen Yang, Gene Yang needs to have an ongoing. That dude needs to be on, a, on an ongoing. This is yeah, that's exactly my thing. Is like I, I the other part is my wallet is crying um, because <laughs> I feel obligated to get these to yeah. support these teams because this is what I want DC to do. Same. I want them to have these kinds of teams. I want them to make these kind of bold choices because what they've been doing at DC is stagnating. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about it plenty on this podcast. I'm gonna be buying more DC comics when this launches than in the past two years. Like, but but at the same time, I'm like. I hate it because I don't know if they're really going to invest in the futures I'm trying to put my money towards to say, yes, do more of this, or if they're just using this as a big COVID cushion to get them through. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Cause it's going to be four issues for everything. So people are going to buy a bunch of these things. We get a huge money boost from that and great. And then we move on with some the even DC just stuff two. we're doing. Yeah. Some are just two issues. That's yeah. like, some are just one. That's crazy. Yeah. And like, again, after this, like at whatever, this very much feels like, and again, the, I think the quality just on a base level is better, but it reminds me of Convergence. Like, we're putting out this thing, we're moving offices, we need something to be here for two months. And a lot of those tie-ins were great. This just sounds like a bunch of, like, Secret Wars tie-ins. Like, oh, what if Superman was on War World? Or what if, like, Batman was, like, a different guy? Then it sounds like a bunch of tie-ins. It doesn't sound like um, it's, it's, it's not the future, because it's not. It's also only two months long. Which historian says, right, passion and excitement don't always equal profit in the margin they want, but yeah. that doesn't mean those aren't great stories. Exactly. Like, 100%. I, I want to know, at the end of this, uh, will these stories that I've invested in, like, will Red X be in main continuity? Like, will will these stories be uh, be be furthered? Will these teams be rewarded with with ongoing... Yeah. I, I, I yeah. like a lot of DC. I've talked about it before. I like Doomsday Clock. I like Death Metal. I'm sorry. But the whole thing that I even have to admit... Is that Brandon, DC you don't have needs to be for liking death metal? I just want to stress that. And DC needs fresh blood. Yeah, and it doesn't have that right now. And and a guided hand of what it's doing across the company yeah. because it doesn't have that right now either. And and it feels like we're all being put through the test of what we like. And like I know what we're all going to pick. Uh, we're going to pick a lot of the cool stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't know what the majority of comic goers are going to pick, especially at a time when who knows how much money they're making and how many comics they're pulling and how much faith they even have in DC to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm much sitting in the same place as you. I'm excited about these teams. I'm excited about these stories. That's not the part that bums me out about Future State. What bums me out is that I don't know how much of this is truly representative of the future of DC. Yes. Yeah. And and there's a thing where I don't want people to confuse us where um, I don't care that, that these stories might not be continuity. Like, that's not a problem. Like, if it's a good story, it's a good story. Yeah. But the problem is, like, these only being two months long, I don't think we've talked about, like, I don't think the writers will be rewarded. Like, if, if they were working on this for, like, a year, sure. But, like, hey, here's the two issues. And if nobody buys it, then that's your stint at DC Comics. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just, that's just, that really bums me out. On a two issue Superman where he's on War World, like that's your career, like that's crazy. Yeah. It sucks. Like, um, you know, talk about it. like a lot of these people deserve 
The one goes Marguerite Bennett. Should be writing at DC full time. She should be separate. And Becky Cloonan are given so many dope ass side books. Like Becky Cloonan has done more side Batman books than any person on the planet. She's never been given a Batman title. Like it's so easy. Uh, Which historian says, and this is a huge fear with marginalized communities. Representation is so important. Exactly. And this future state has a lot more representation within the comics and with and in the creative teams. Which bums me out again because this is going to be amazing for two months, and then we'll see how much of that actually lands. Because like, man, the Bendis Justice League rumors are getting worse—not worse and worse, but they are getting heavier and heavier. We're like, they're relaunching that book, and Batman, Tinian staying on Batman. He was supposed to leave, but the pandemic screwed everything over, so now he's staying. So he's getting to actually do more stuff, which I'm happy about. Maybe he actually get to do some original stuff and not tied to the Joker. Um, but like, I'll, I'm just like, give Vita Ayala a book. Stop putting her on a side book. She's so good. Uh, and no. that's that's really what it comes down to is just that uh, and that's unfortunately I have to admit that like what we're saying is optimistic at best mm-hmm. because this whole thing could just be let's clean up 5G let's put out this thing for two months that we know is going to rein in some money because it's all a bunch of new things that are number ones attached to them and that kind of stuff so it'll get buys and we need that right now to make up for the COVID loss mm-hmm. and also buy us some time to figure out what we're actually doing with DC Comics because none of this actually matters and I hope that's not the perspective I hope that's not how they actually look at it and again I'm sure some things will de- definitely carry over because they'll be popular enough. The new Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman has already, people have already fallen in love with that character oh, on the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there are things that are going to like carry on, but um, it's, it's the fact that we don't really know how genuine their intentions are to let this actually flourish into something. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. a big deal for a lot of people that there's going to be a black Batman. The, um, the uh the far sector green lantern she's the green lantern on the justice league right yes. like i haven't read that book but her, her name's joe right for a lot of people having this far sector is a side book like that's a that's really beloved but that's not a book that a lot of people are reading what right it, no that wasn't a i thought it was a ya book for a hot second no it's a young oh, animal book it's part of the young animal line um oh, but no, you know what i got mixed up with it with a different one it's another green Lantern where he inherited his ring from his grandma Sorry. yeah green, that's green lantern that's green lantern legacy that's a that's, that's a graphic novel there you go. Um, but like the fact that Joe is now part like of the Justice League, that that is like such like that is such reaffirmance for people who are like, yo, that character got an upgrade. She's on the Justice League, and guess what? After two months, no, she's not. Yeah. And she's back to her own book that nobody's reading it. And I'm like, that stinks. Like that. Like uh, it's, well, that, I want, want, that also that book's only twelve issues. Okay. I want her. I want that character to succeed because people yeah. really like that character. And just also knowing that you know, regardless of how much they might say like, oh, some of this is coming down the line in the future and this is where we're going to head and that kind of thing. We're also talking about a universe where they can make any kind of event by the end of the year that redoes the universe and all that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't yeah. matter. So that's the part where it where it doesn't sit 100% right with me. It just, it, I, I would rather there was an announcement like we're doing this for a year. We're investing time, money, resources into believing in these teams and letting them write these stories. And we hope you do too. I was really critical of 5G when when we were hear- when we were hearing the early rumblings. But if this is what that direction would have been, I would I would have been really excited. If they would have told me, if they just would have told us what it was instead of having us speculate for months on end, then I wouldn't I wouldn't have been so harsh on it because like this is giving me John as Superman. Like it might not be giving me Damien as Batman, but I do have a book for that. But it's giving me a different, a black Batman. Like that's what I want. I want new stuff at DC. But now it's just like here it is for uh, for a second. We can hope that it's not a convergence real quickly. Which historian says exactly what uh, What will they allow to flourish? They'll do a representation issue, but they may not go for it. further with it extremely, with it, which is extremely hard, I guess. Yeah, they'll, they'll, uh, yeah. they'll well, uh, give you an issue and they'll like, oh, that's that's good for now. They'll, they'll be happy. 
they'll unfortunately, go ahead. No, they'll because what which historian said is that they'll do what representation issues like okay, cool, we reached our quota back to every back to status quo. And it's like, no, give us more, right? Um, okay, so let's move on. There's more to talk about. Uh, we can talk about this all day, but we don't have the time. Yeah, people got to go to bed eventually. There will be um, more time to talk about it at a later date. I'm just gonna say, I, I am so more. I am so conflicted because like I'm gonna buy I want to buy a lot of these books, but like I like Superman on War World is not a series I expect to last for a couple of years. Like that, that's not mm-hmm. something DC is gonna do, you know what I mean? So yeah. I just feel like some of these books are already shot in the foot, like immediately. Yeah, like, so it looks Marvel's cool kind of X-Men kind of have like a adamantium claw pointing to my wallet right now. Oh well, that's it's in January, it's over by then. Uh which right. sorry, it, it's not a cat crying from outside, it's it's a cat that's horny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. So let's move on to some other things that happened with DC. Uh, for example, Michael B. Jordan has confirmed this. He is developing a, the Static Shock live-action film. He's not going to star in it, but his production company is working on it. Nice. Um, and his quote, his quote says that he's also going to do the other Milestone movies that would that they would adapt into into movies. That's uh, he, he says, "I'm proud to be a part of building a new universe." centered around black superheroes. Our community deserves that. Outlier Society is committed to bringing to life uh, diverse comic book content across all platforms, and we are excited to partner with Reggie and Warner Brothers on this initial step. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm really um, glad that, yeah, that Milestone stuff it was like coming back big and Static Shock is like coming back big. Like That's, really, that's really nice. Yeah. That's too. great. Uh, that's exactly the kind of message that I wish they were more passionately striving for with the comics. Yes. We're not hitting right now. Mm-hmm. Man, I would love to see Michael B. Jordan play Valzad. Yeah, that would be good. That yeah, was a rumor like three years ago. That was a rumor for a while. And then someone the Earth him. Two. For those of you who don't know, the new 52 Earth 2 title introduced a new Superman who was black named Valzad. Mm-hmm. And it was he was pretty freaking cool, to be totally honest. Anyway, um... The DC comics are getting some audio dramas now. Uh, we've talked about like Sandman and there's the Wolverine and the Marvel's one. Now DC is doing some more. Uh, Batman, The Blind Cut, written by Catherine Valenti. Uh, K. Arsenault. Wor- sorry about these names. K. Arsenault Rivera and Martin Cahill. Uh, this will follow, follow the Cape Crusader and Zatanna as they join forces against a terrifying adversary who enacts a bold plan to bring Gotham City to its knees. Cool. Here's my thing. Was there another audio podcast about Batman coming out soon? The the David Ayer one on Spotify, yes. Yeah. Um, This is from from Serial Box, who did the Marvel ones, Jessica Jones and Thor and the like. Okay. Okay. But my big caveat is, can we stop it with Batman? No, okay, I, well, I, how about I, 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 let me hear me out. Hear me out. I get that. You don't Bat- have to tell me. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. don't need to tell me. But Ben, real quickly, if you let me finish, right. uh, because Wonder Woman is getting one as well. Oh, thank God. Okay. Wonder Woman Heartless is also coming out from Serial Box, written by Natalie C. Parker, uh, Tessa Grattan, uh, Alea Dawn Johnson, and Heidi Hellig. By the way, both of them have full women creative teams. I think that's cool. Nice. Um, Pitts, Diana Prince, Jill Carlisle, the Crimson Avenger, and British archaeologist Dr. Barbara Minerva against two sisters. One, a serial killer who is terrorizing Washington, D.C. by magically seizing the hearts of her victims, and the other whose powers might potentially be used to stop the killing streak. Nice. Cool. Um, 
I, 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 like I said it before, I like that Wolverine one, so I, I'd be down to check it out. No, I love Wolverine. I love the uh, Wonder Woman is so much better than Batman, which is story. And I like Wonder Woman a lot. Wonder All right. Um, we, uh, as a show on average, I think we've been a little cold in Dark Knight's death metal. So we'll see how this news is take is taken. I personally have that. I don't reflect the whole show. I haven't read issue four yet, so I won't know. Um, Dark Knight's death metal is getting an animated series. Not really a series, kind of little webisodes. Um, Tyler Bates has composed a soundtrack for Death Metal, and he is also going to direct comic book animatic uh, animated uh, shows, uh, little episodes. One is already up on their website. Um, this is the composer, Tyler Bates. He is at, he's called up his friends to play the voices of these characters, such as David Hasselhoff as Superman. Uh, I like Ben's face. Andy uh, Beersack, who is the lead singer for Black Veil Brides, will play Batman. Chelsea Wolfe, who is a folk-slash-doom metal singer-songwriter, um, will play Wonder Woman. Charles Fleischer, who was Roger Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, um, will play Joker and the Batman Who Laughs. By the way, I think whoever plays Batman should also play the Batman Who Laughs. Just putting that out there. It's the same person. Anyway. Um, Jason R. Moore, who was from The Punisher, will play The Darkest Knight. Fred Curry, a drummer for Cinderella, will play The Flash. And Scott Snyder will play The Robin King, and Greg Capullo will play Sergeant Rock. That's, I mean, in terms of casting, that's the most metal cast you could possibly get. I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. What is, what is, these are just like, like little animated shorts? Well, animated shorts about, uh, based on the comics. The first one is up now. It was it's pretty cool hearing the um, what's the name Charles Fleischer. It's really good. He's a yeah. really good voice actor. Um, him as the Batman Hill House is really is really good. Anyway, awesome. I love it. All right, so we've been so we got Marvel news. So Marvel comics have been announced. Uh, oh, real quickly, I didn't see this. Which uh, story says the Wonder Woman one sounds so amazing. It does. Mm-hmm. Right. So the King in Black has announced a bunch of tie-ins coming in January. Um, the King in Black is the new Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman event comic. Um, we're going. I just kind of cherry picked. Cherry picked. Kind of cherry picked the ones that I think we're most interested in. So I skipped like Deadpool and Daredevil getting like their issues are tying in, and we know uh, that's more is tying in. Victorian, the audio things are going to be on Serial Box. Yes, cereal box. Thank you. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Um, King of Black, Planet of the Symbiotes is a one-shot written by Clay McLeod, Chapman, and Frank Thierry with art by Jui... Jui... Gui? Villanova, I'm sorry. And Dan- Danilo uh, Beirut. Uh, this will feature two stories covering the history of the symbiotes. Clay and... Uh, G-Man's story focuses focuses on Scream battling her fellow symbiotes from the Life Foundation, while Frank and Danilo uh, return to Ravencroft Institute and its role in Null's legacy. Man, Frank Thierry loves Ravencroft. Um, yes, he does. King of Black: Return of the Valkyries is going to be a four-issue miniseries written by Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron returning to Jane Foster, Valkyrie, and Torin Gronbeck with art by Nina. Bequeva. Um, basically, I'm not gonna read the whole synopsis, but the Valkyries are back. Jane Foster needs to recruit new Valkyries to fight the to fight the the symbiote horde attacking Earth. I'm into it. 
Sentinel is in it also. Not Sentinel. Superman, Marvel Superman. Hyperion. No, not that one. <laughs> Sentry. Sentry. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's in it. He's in the yeah. second issue. Uh, King and Black, Gwenum versus Carnage. This is the one I'm most excited about. Um, it's a three-issue miniseries written by uh, Shannon McGuire with art by Flavine, Flaviano. Yeah, Flaviano's great. Um, it's you know, it, it's Gwen Stacy who doesn't have a normal symbiote. She's got she's got a she got a symbiote from her Earth, Earth sixty-five, um, having to deal with that with Null and Carnage. Uh, I I will I, I I will probably pick this up because I'm curious if the symbiotes will react like how they'll react. Because hers yeah. is like a different universe. So like is there a null in their universe and like all that shit? Like yeah, it's um the symbiote in her universe it, it, it is her costume. She's currently wearing it all the time. Yeah. Um even when it's white. It, like when it's angry, it's black. When it's not when it's normal, it's white. Um but she doesn't have her powers without that symbiote right now because her powers are taken away with from her. Mm. So I think it's yeah. really cool that they're gonna explore that. Me too. <laughs> Um, all right, King and Black Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts are returning for a three-issue miniseries uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg and Juan Freira. Um, this is going to see the Taskmaster, Rhino, Star, uh, Rhino Star, Mister Fear, and Batroc the Leaper uh, with Mayor Wilson Fisk uh, fighting Null and some symbiotes. Anytime there's an excuse for a Thunderbolts book, I'm in, I love it. I love the Thunderbolts. Yeah, I love Batroc the Leaper and I love Taskmaster. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's exciting. I think all of those are exciting, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick all those up. Well, most of them. Maybe definitely the Gwenham one. Yeah. Um, all right, so trailers. Got trailers now. Yeah, we do. Um, Doctor Who Daleks. This is the Time Lord Victorious um, animated series airing on the BBC's uh, YouTube page. This is an animated series based solely on the Daleks. Okay, so it was an animated series. Yes. I totally thought it was like cutscenes from a video game it looks like it came out in 1997 yes it does it does it, it, it looks like that it's like the, the quality the quality's bad i'm just gonna be honest the quality's yeah. bad but it's a I youtube mean, show so like i can't get mad at it what did you say sparks i said it looks like beast wars no but, beast wars has like interesting stuff in it but more polished yeah um the daleks are a lot are easier to animate because they don't talk they don't have mouths yes. They don't animate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, um, they're giant toasters, essentially. And, and their enemies also don't animate. Wow, what a compelling <laughs> series. Jesus. I'm I mean, like, uh, if you're just trying to like visually get across more of the story of Time Lord Victorious, I guess cool. Yeah. Sure. If the story's good enough, then whatever. It's basically but, like, like an audio drama, but it's too but you can watch it's too ugly to listen to. You have to watch it. Did you guys know that uh, Doctor Who has animated two um, actually multiple episodes uh that Patrick Trofton did the the second Doctor, he, yeah. uh, I know Sparks, you 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 know this, but they they had recovered the audio, they had recovered the audio, but not the video, so they just animated, in the parts that the video was missing and kept the whole audio. It's really cool. That's awesome. Um, the Empty Man, this is based off the Dark Horse comic. Yeah, Colin Bunn, good for you getting money. Yeah, what do we think about this one? It comes out in a week. So that's probably a very bad sign. Yeah. It also didn't look that good. It looks... It, uh, it, there's a couple of visuals that look good. Yeah, it looks just yeah. like any, any other, like, there's... The, it's it's the type of... It's the ring. You have a couple days. It's, and 
it's an urban legend horror film where these kids do the thing about urban legend they're like oh that's not real then things start happening it's like oh hey it totally is real for more on that see our next episode on Candyman. yeah um it looks like that's abigail breslin in it i think Mm -hmm. can you confirm brandon i cannot confirm but it looks like it i think it is so i'm like good for her for doing stuff still uh maybe it's fine i hope i hope it looks i hope it's better than that um okay jujitsu the new Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, this movie's going to be probably really bad, but this, this, looks, this looks great. Frank Grillo's in this one. We like Frank Grillo. No, I don't see her. You don't? Then who's mm-hmm. who's the late? Who's the main lady? Who's she's a young lady? Not sure. She's I just don't know who she is then. Um, yeah, Frank Grillo's dope. That dude's really cool. Um, Nick Cage is probably not in it very much because this is like one of those maybe that's like it's like a. It's like Chinese made, but they get a bunch of American actors to show up to like to, to make it worldwide. Yeah, uh, it's Marin Ireland. I don't know who you are. Did you um, guys? Did you guys? Speaking of that, did you guys see what happened with Die Hard today? No. A no. teaser premiered saying Die Hard hashtag Die Hard is back. A teaser of Bruce okay. Willis um, premiered earlier this morning, and uh, it was like find out today what this is. Like Die Hard is back. The the actor who was the limo driver from the first film was like, "Hey guys, Die Hard's back." Um, so everyone was like, "No way, they were able to film that movie." <laughs> that no way. Um, so it was an ad for Die Hard car batteries. Oh no! That was two minutes long. I hate it. I hate what marketing does to us. <laughs> <laughs> It's really bad too. Actually, it might be Bruce Willis's best work in a long time. I bet he got paid a lot of money. So he's like, all right, I'll try. What were we talking well, about? Jujitsu. 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 Cool. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, Which is it's like this is definitely not true. Die Hard is not back. I'm pumped for yeah. Jujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> Die is not back. Uh, yeah, I'll stream the hell out of that movie. Hell yeah. Die, Die Hard can stay dead at this point. Yeah, it, that movie, that first one's great. They ran that franchise into the ground. It yeah. died hard. It died mm-hmm. soft. No, it died yeah, real soft. soft. Guys, I'm all for crazy rated Nick Cage. Yeah. All right. Monster Hunter finally had a trailer. This is the Paul W. Sanderson uh, live action adaptation of the video game. Monster Hunter. Mila Jovovich. Close. Jovovich. Yeah, you got it. There you go. What do you guys think about this one? <laughs> yeah, it looks like a movie. I'll t- I'll... Okay, so listen. If this wasn't the guy who made seven... Uh, fine to terrible Resident Evil movies. Resident Six. Evil 3. That's why... Okay, fine. You did said he, fine to Did terrible. he direct that one for sure? Yeah, he did. No. He, he, no, he, does, he did not... No, he did not direct 2 and 3. So okay. there you go. So the good ones he did not direct. So even my point stands even more. A guy who's famously made the best movie 30 years ago, his best movies were Mortal Kombat and Event Horizon, and since then his movies have been whatever. Uh, this looks in line with all of his other movies. So for that... Uh, I'll go see it and, and, and completely leave my brain at the door because I think the monsters look cool. Max says at least it isn't directed by Uwe Bull. Bull yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, I think the CGI on the monsters actually looks really good for the film yeah. that I, for the budget I thought this had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it does so, not look like a good movie. They, they, they filmed it in like the middle of the desert, so there's literally nothing around, so they can just put all the money into the monster. Uh, I also will say that like it bums me out that the monsters we're seeing are like all the dragon types and none of the more colorful others and and yeah. like i hope they're in the movie but i also wouldn't be shocked if they are i, I wouldn't be shocked so. if this is just all the dragon red brown colored monsters only yes. yeah yeah so i've been i have quite a few things to say about this trailer so go ahead why the damn hell 
Do we have to have our world or the monsters entering our world? Why can't it just be set in the world of the monsters? Did Why? you guys see? Did you guys see the 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 meme where it was like, "Sees uh, sees fa- cool fantasy story, uh, Hollywood could improve with more U.S. military." Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. agree. Yeah. I agree with you on that, and I agree with which historian that we don't need more American military aesthetic. Hundred percent agree. The prob- the big, the big, um, a big, uh, not not secret in Hollywood is like, hey, if you put the U.S. military in your movie, they will almost fully fund your movie. Yeah, that's what the Transformers movies are very famous for. That. That's why um, it happens. So yeah. yeah, like it's unfortunate that like it's not like I want I need a Monster Hunter movie, but to to get it made, you got they have to put the military in it for some reason because again, Americans are scared of just watching fantasy movies. Like you can't just have dudes fighting monsters. You got to bring in you got to bring in Action Jackson and Mila uh, uh, G.I. Jane Jovovich into there. So here's here's another thing. What Sparks was saying about the color, about the color palette, the Rathalos was muted in the game. Like, Ryan, you've played the game. You've played Monster Hunter. Um, whoever has played in the chat, play Monster Hunter. Raise your hand. Cool, Monster Hunter. Those monsters are gorgeous. They are. There's so much color in every single place on that island and world. And it's brown. Why is it brown? I mean, even yeah. the red on the Rathalos was like, it's muted brown. It's like, I get... Now I will. Now I understand the frustration as a also a fan, but um, there is also many desert levels, and there are also many muted. Like the Diablos is a muted dragon monster. True, true. But even that, even with that, even with the Diablos, it's still colorful. It's still bright. This is just flat to me. Yeah, I think that's also just because Paul W. Sanderson isn't a great filmmaker. I will give this movie or this movie this trailer. The one tiny little compliment is that the weapons look, they don't look too scale, but they look like they were like, they look like the weapons. Some big swords and some big bows. I am assuming we see Mila Jovovich like stab a jawbone sword into the ground. Like, okay, that's cool. That's straight from the game. The other guy with the bow is like, okay, that definitely looks like a a weapon from Monster Hunter. So I'm like, all right, maybe we'll get some of the weapons, right? Because those are, yeah, the dual blades, they look cool. I was like, okay, that's, that's from the game. But I think are, we can call it. I think we can call it here that this is not going to break the video game curse. No, it is not. The video game curse is already broken. You, no, you need more to break it. You can't. Not just one. He's the one who broke it. Mortal Kombat, true. Detective hey, Pikachu. by the way, Pikachu. Yeah, Pikachu <laughs> right, is a good movie. Got Detective Pikachu, Sonic the Hedgehog. You need a good like a couple in a row in order to break oh, the curse, yeah. though. Sure, I guess. To have a streak. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not I I wasn't expecting a lot, and this is about exactly like okay. So this doesn't look as big as budget as I want it to be. Just because yeah. like all the nothing that's on the screen besides the monster and the in the military. Yeah, we talking um, about there's there's a giant skeleton sticking out of the ground. Well, it's true. Like they got like six like apply with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seeing the Rathalos fly by was pretty rad, but that's like one of the more kind of, All right. Yeah. And then finally, Soul started its Disney Plus campaign. Uh, ad campaign. Disney is now the streaming service. That's Which, their best. Uh, this showed way too much, and I don't need to see any more. I now know what the whole, what the movie's about. I mean, that's nice though. Well, I, I think that ever show too much. Disney Disney has, I'm sorry, Pixar specifically has has done very very well with their ads to not show a whole lot of the movie when they come out. Um, however, because this is now the third trailer. Uh, and now to get onto Disney Plus, there's a new ad campaign that had to cut a new trailer, which meant new scenes. I just hope this is we don't get another trailer because I think that this was plenty. 
Yeah, I think I agree. I, I mean, I don't think it, they show too much because, like, I I don't worry. I never worry about Pixar being the guys to do that. I yeah. don't feel like I know what the whole movie is, so I don't agree that they showed yeah. too much. I feel like I it's only, look. It's not a it's not a bad thing. I only say that I, I don't want to see another trailer. Like, I'm I'm sold. I'm good. Yeah. You probably won't. Because it's happened. It happened with Coco. It happened. Detective Pikachu is not the only good video game movie. Mortal Kombat and Sonic, Silent Hill, Sonic, then, then Sonic, Sonic's good. Sonic is okay. It's good. It's okay. It's good. It's, it's okay. Then I know you think it's good, and that's what's important. I don't remember his review being that that positive. I was positive on the review. I give it not an eight. this positive. Not <laughs> it's good. It's the oh. only good thing. I'm not saying it's the only good thing. I'm saying it's one of the good things that we got. And also, Mag Witcher is also fan for fantastic. Witcher is actually based on the books, not the, not the, the That's also oh, crazy. technically true. That is true. Yeah. 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 And uh, what was I going to say? Soul. Yeah, Soul. Um, yeah, Pixar has, they throw you curveballs. As in, they show you stuff in the trailer, you go into a movie, you think it's one thing, and then all of a sudden, it's not the thing. It's something completely different. Uh, also, specifically, this is coming from from the guy who spearheaded Inside Out, so I'm not concerned about oh how God. much I'm going to like it. I fully expect yeah. it to cry my my ears off. Yeah, that's like Inside Out and Up. Because yeah. so, you never know. Because you never know <laughs> what uh, what is hiding in. <laughs> you never know. What what story it says Sonic is awful and The Witcher is amazing. You never know what is hiding in, uh, in the film because, like, uh, they hid Bing Bong so well oh, from Inside Out. Yeah. Well, my again, just Inside Out had two trailers. Now Soul has had three. It's more more trailers than all the all the Pixar films I've ever had. I'm only just saying. I, I think if you put in another trailer, you're gonna have to put in new scenes, and I don't want to see any more because I know that I'm gonna like this movie, and I and I want to I want to wait to see on the screen. I, I get you, and I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not contesting that. I just don't think they're going to make another, and I'm not, I'm not worried. That's all. Comes out in two months, right? Yeah, yeah. Christmas already Christmas. two months to December. Jesus. Yep, that's that's. Oh my god. <laughs> Twenty man, time is weird. All right. Attack the block. Full spoilers for Attack the Block. Spoilers uh, for a, a nine-year-old movie. Nine-year-old movie. Uh, oh, just yeah, throwing yeah. that out there, just kind of cause. Um, I'm going to change the background real quickly. Let's see if this works. Sure, that's Attack the Block. Uh, (laughs) This feet and that bike are representations of this movie. Yep, that didn't work out too well. I'm going to keep it. Spoilers for Attack the Block. All right. (laughs) I'm not doing that. That Okay. Remember, Tails? All right, spoilers uh, for this nine-year-old movie. What do we think? I I'm a big fan of this movie, and I haven't seen it in a couple of years. But I'm very glad to have watched it again. And I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> same. Uh, I basically would say the same. Like I, I was a fan of this movie when I saw it, uh, in theaters. Uh, I I still really enjoy it. Uh, it was nice to revisit it. Solid film, I think. Uh, quickly to answer your question, which is Dorian, I think The Witcher is probably going to have to come out next year because of the stall because of the halt in filming due to COVID. Yeah. Even though they are filming it currently. Yeah. I did, I did see a picture of um, Henry Cavill in his uh, Geralt armor. Yeah. Nice. All right, Ben, what do you think? <laughs> so, you think? I have seen this movie before. I did, didn't see it in theaters. I saw it at a friend's house. And to revisit again, I highly enjoyed it. And it was definitely wasn't as scary as I remember, but it does get you, it does tense you up. That's one of the things I really, I mean, we'll get into it later, but I really enjoyed this movie. I'm glad I watched it again. 
Yeah, I liked it when the when the gorilla things ripped off Firestorm's head. Anyway, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I like I liked it. I, I thought I would love it because I've been hearing for nine years that it's amazing and whatever. So I probably overhyped it in my head, but I still liked mm-hmm. it. I still liked it. It was, it was very well done. Um, the creature designs are awesome. Yes, I like some the of cre- my some of my favorite creature designs in film history. So what this does about the creature design that I also really dig is that it keeps the monsters or the aliens completely in black, but their teeth, you mistake them as the eyes. I love how black they are. I'm sure it was CGI enhanced to keep to get to get it that black, but mm-hmm. it's almost like negative. It's almost like there's no color there because it's so black. And so like when they're up against a black a black backdrop, you just see their outline. I think that's a really effective. Oh, very. Um, very uh, uh, image image i, I could yeah. i'm going to assume that this was a very low budget film so they couldn't do a whole lot with yeah. the monsters but what they did do was effective i just love how the teeth are the most colorful part of the monsters that you mistake like they even in the very beginning of the movie they mistake the teeth as the eyes yeah. right and i love that throughout the entire throughout the entire movie there's lots and lots of practical work in this movie yes well, that's lots awesome. of practical work that's right um even the teeth what the serrated teeth were practical i heard yeah. Uh, yeah. I also agree about the monster designs. Um, I it is super scary to just have like a black void of just teeth coming at you. Yeah. Um, I love the way that they're like animalistic. And like the teeth just look like they go back into the abyss. Yeah. yeah. Um, really cool. And like when they die, like their their teeth are like glowing and they like they they power down. Yeah. Um, really cool. It was weird because yeah. the first the first alien we see it kind of reminded me of Alien the Xenomorph a little bit because of the teeth. But then, because when I saw, because it's been a long time, and I, when I saw that scene, I was like, wait, I remember these monsters being more big and furry and jet black. And then as the film progressed, I'm like, oh, there we go. That's what I remember. They yeah. remind me of, like, um, like, we just read them in the X-Men, the brood. Like, they are so yeah. fixated on, like, on, like, one thing uh, mm-hmm. that, like, and, like, it's not even so much just, like, an alien invasion. It's just, like, like crazy happenstance that, like, like this female alien got trapped in in the in the block of London, um, and Dead. all these kids had to die off. Was killed. Oh, was oh yeah, killed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's um, the story. It says, "Sorry, we're not talking about the Witcher." No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Monsters uh, had great abs. No, <laughs> Witcher story. It was uh, said about ex- about Henry Cavill's excellent abs, which they did give him ab armor. No, no, no. Attack, attack the block. Attack the block, though. Um, Joe Cornish went on to do Kid Would Be King, right? Right. Yeah, like yeah. seven years later. That movie's yeah. they did three movies in like fifteen years. It's crazy. Yeah, I like that. I like that movie too. Um, he was also a major producer on the Cornettos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's, uh, he's more. He wrote Tintin. He's more often a major producer than he is a, a director. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, Nick Frost uh, was in this movie too. Yes. You like who? Nick, Nick Frost. Frost. Nick Frost is in this movie. Also, um, John Boyega uh, is the. Who's the? Joey Whitaker. Like, and uh, John Boyega, obviously, this was his breakout. And then, Firestorm. yeah, little, little Firestorm, just a couple years later. I didn't, baby know, Firestorm. I didn't know he was so young, because, like, he, he only becomes Firestorm a couple years after this. Yeah. Because yeah. this was 29. Yeah. He looks so uh, he played, played Jefferson. I uh, I appreciate that this is a rated R. Like, it's 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 ostensibly a kid's movie, but it's rated R. And, like, they're kids trying to be adults. And, like, they use, like, vi- like violent language and violence. Um, and like the thing that, um, but they also like tone down their language yes. and criticize the other adults for like running a potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, that, there are some cute, there are some cool character stuff once you get to know who the characters are. But um, 
like compared to vampires versus rocks not that like i'm comparing those two movies but in terms of like dealing with the politics of what like the representation means of like what the monster is i think this movie does all does it really well and it blatantly just like we go what if these monsters are here just to kill us because like because like you know they're monsters they blend in i'm like damn john Boyega, that's that's a little that's a little much because what if these monsters were sent here by the by the government because the drugs aren't killing us fast enough and yes. we're, we're not killing each other fast enough yeah that was like very like real and then like oh, you see yeah. it, like, you're like i love that this is a movie where it's like yes these are like the bad guys and this is like the lady but like like it's so much deeper than that and there's like, you don't know who these people are and, and they that, all bind and like together. how they have a they have a code like if you we'd known you were from here yes. we never would have done it to you jody with it not jody Whittaker, sorry joe cornish have said before that the only true villain is the is um hi hat yeah, yeah the yeah the gangster guy. Yeah, he's the only yeah. true villain in the movie because he's the only very, one that got like, uh, very like vampires in the Bronx uh, representation, except that in Vampires in the Bronx, it's not nearly as well explored that relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's done much better here. Yeah. Although I would say that he has like the same amount of ignorance that they, they both have that that arrogance of like uh, focusing in on the I'm going to kill the kid. Yes. Rather than paying attention to the monster at hand and that ends up getting Although killed. The, the way that this guy goes out is way doper because he's in front of a window and he's just surrounded by like a dozen of the monsters outside. Oh yeah, and they rip open his... Oh, they rip his... It's, oh, it's still go Again, going back to the rated R thing, like, this movie didn't have to be this violent, but like, no. yo, why not? Why not rip this dude's face off? Sure. So, I forgot how... So this... I forgot... I remember this movie being a lot more bloody and I was fine with the... I mean... It's radar because when you get a, like a bunch of aliens like eating people, I'm thinking, okay, this is there's gonna be blowing us everywhere. It's like not very like the most graphic thing was a hi hat getting his face ripped off. There's yeah. a lot of f bombs, I think. Yeah. I think like the, sure, the sure. also yeah. one thing that threw me off for a bit was the British slang. Oh, I love it, bro. Yeah. I, I do love it. There was time there. It just took me a while for me to um try to under because it's been a while since I've seen this, and then I kind of looked through things like, oh, that's what that means. Yeah. Um, real quick the witch historian says it does an excellent job showcasing gentrification via government and societal situation yes yeah yeah and witch historian i don't know if you uh uh if you've listened to our last week's episode or watched the movie vampires versus the bronx but this is a that's another movie that does a very similar concept but with vampires and, bu- and in new york and in new york yeah, yeah, yeah so it's yeah. a bunch of kids fighting vampires and that one's that one's way more like aimed at a kid audience than this yeah one this, is. that's that's um, definitely a kid one this is more of like an adult but there's, but there's special securities about those that's those why things. we kind of picked it uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I like all the characters. Um, uh, all the kids are just so funny. And I think I they're all explored really well. And I didn't, I forgot, because again, I saw it's been a while since I saw this, but I forgot that kids die in this. And I think the yeah. stakes are real. Once yeah. you realize, oh, they just ate that kid's face. Oh, no. And I, thought, I, yeah. I thought the kids would have plot immunity, personally, because I've never seen it before. So, um, But that doesn't mean they can't have stakes. But as soon as yeah. uh, Firestorm gets his head ripped off and thrown through the room, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're killing yeah, kids. Or the kid with the glasses when they're in the hallway and it's all filled with smoke. That was one of the most tense films in the entire in oh, the yeah. tense yeah. tense moment in the entire film. Words, damn it, then use them. And he's trying to find his friends, and all of a sudden, and then the kid with the fireworks, he gets his leg grab, help me, and gets dragged away again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think it runs a really excellent balance between like I don't I don't consider it like it's. He, he, I, I consider it this more of a thriller than a than horror. Like I don't think it's trying to scare you. I think it's trying to, to thrill you, uh, keep you in suspense at times. But like it's agree. not trying. You know, it's a it's it's in the same vein of like Jurassic Park. Um, yeah. And 
uh, I think it rides a really good line of like when it's comedic, when it isn't, um, where it inserts that. I love the kid, oh, the actual yeah. kids, uh, uh, prob- probs and mayhem. Probs yeah. and mayhem. Uh, I want, I want just like a whole like prequel about them or something. Yeah, yeah. where they're just they they want to be hardcore so bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love the fact that Prob had a super soaker, and then he's like, "It's not filled with water," and I'm like, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure." And then it turns out it was filled with gasoline. Oh yeah. They had lots of the firework at it, and then um, the dude who just hangs out and hides in the waste paper in the literal waste paper bin just like <laughs> pokes out and sees the, the the monster on fire. He's like, "Well, damn!" Spent the whole movie in the in the trash bin, yeah. uh, just calling everyone to come help, and no one could come well, help. He lived. He what was it really interesting? What was really interesting about the um, the sequence with the get the gasoline is the the other kid mayhem had a had a little gun, a cap gun, yeah. Turned out to be so turned out to be like a firecracker gun. So that yeah. was what they were going to use to light it before they had before they got taken away from them. So it's one yeah. little like well thought yeah. out moment. Just shooting a little. Firestorm. Uh, I used to have one of those type of toys too. And he goes, "It is a toy. Crap." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think all the uh, chase sequences on bikes through stair alleyways. I think it's all filmed really, really well. Uh, yeah, which historian says. Uh, uh, well, the horror isn't traditional horror; it's about marginalized horror, much like uh, yeah. Lovecraft. Sure, yes, uh, absolutely. I was I was speaking more to like the the attempts to like scare you, thrill you with uh, actual physical stuff, not the. It has more to do with the conjuring. It has more. It has less to do with the conjuring and more to do with Jurassic Park. And... For sure. Yeah. Um. I had a, a thing. Um, yeah, I think all the chase scenes and all the action sequences uh, through stairwells on bikes, all that, I think it's all filmed like very, very well. Yeah, yeah. I really mm-hmm. like the sequence when he goes uh, down to his his place yeah. uh, and they're slow motioning around behind him. Um, they look really good as he's going and the thing is on his back flopping around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a moment where he jumps, he jumps through the thing. He jumps through the through the door. For no reason, he just jumps through it. And uh, and the thing like sw- swacks its head on the on the ceiling. Yeah. It's really funny. Right. Yeah. I uh, again having such a low budget, but like just believing in like, yo, we have a cool design. Um, we could touch it up later, but like like the core design itself works. Yeah. Um, and just just committing to having just a bunch of dudes run on all fours, like it's really nice. Also, um, go ahead. One of my favorite lines is uh, when they're trying to go up the elevator, and like we need to go to Ron's weed room. It's like, what's Ron's weed room? It's a room full of weed. That's wrong. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also like uh, that they try to, that John Boyega has an arc. His character has an arc, uh, Moses, of mm-hmm. uh, recognizing that, you know, if he hadn't felt like he had to pay back the creature and hunted it down and killed it, it they wouldn't be, his friends wouldn't be killed. They wouldn't be hunted. It's his fault. What one of the girls says to him, which is like, your your actions have consequences and you need to start recognizing it. Um, which yeah. I thought was a really good moment, and it's yeah. also like, and also at the same moment having Jodie Whittaker in the room, yes. who had been mugged by him earlier in the evening. Because yeah, uh, like up until then, it's like you know, again, like they're they're the muggers and she's the muggy, and then like oh, she thinks that they're like somebody calls them like oh, they're just all monsters. She's like yeah, they are monsters, and then she gets to know them, and like they're both like oh, they you know they both have their lives. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and uh, yeah. the movie's really good about exploring them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't have a lot to say about it about this movie though. No, it's it's a good. Solid under ninety minute runtime. I think it's like eighty nine minutes or so, but it's a solid movie, and I would definitely yeah, rewatch. You know what? That's something I could say. It's a really tight film. It's, you're, you're in and out. You don't feel like you've wasted any time. 
Uh, I appreciate a movie. I appreciate a movie who um, uh, knows how to use its pacing and time really well. It, yeah, exactly. Because it, it keeps you wrapped in. You're not there. It, there aren't times where you're looking at your watch going, God, when is this over? It's like you want to know. I like watching the abyss. Let me tell you. Well, they, they do a really good job of there not being a ton of real downtime. There yeah. are moments where they stop, but like it's very temporary where they're, yeah. they're being hunted throughout the they, film. It's very much like a mission based. And movie. it's all like, in the one night staying in the block. Yeah, they're always trying to like go here, get this thing, go to do this thing, pick this person up. Like they always have an objective. Yeah. 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 Good movie, big fan. Yeah, good movie. Uh, should we should should we rate it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We always do. Yeah. All right, I'll give it an eight. Uh, ben, I'll give it an eight point five. Cool. Uh, Sparks, I see you eight point five, and I raise you to a nine. Can I do an eight point seven five? I mean, you can. No, I don't want to. I don't do that. I'm going to do it. A rating system means nothing, Ryan. You can do whatever you want. On the downright annoyed, we use the letter system, so I don't even know how ratings work anymore. <laughs> uh, I give this a solid A minus. <laughs> oh Jesus! At least we were consistent before. Um, uh, maybe you should do a night for Halloween. Maybe Hooks Pucks yeah. for our Halloween quote unquote episode. We're doing his house, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're doing. I think we're doing all like horror-ish movies, like all like uh, like black horror movies. Yes. Um, throughout October, ending with his house, which is a Netflix yeah. movie. Next next week we're doing Candyman, and yes. the week after we're doing his house, which is going to be a new one on Netflix. That's black horror. That looks yeah. uh, extra good. We're going to end the month. Hopefully that movie's dope. So we're yeah. keeping the we're keeping the theme of uh, black horror movies, which is yeah really Thank cool. Um, speaking Sorry, of like horror, that. we're doing our spook club, our fake nerd spook club. Um, oh, I was like, what is this new segment? <laughs> yeah, spook club. Uh, this is the book club uh, segment for those of you who uh, didn't get my stupid joke. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, Do you have any books? Uh, could you be a little bit more specific? Um, Anything readable? And this week it's Ben's turn, so Ben, take it away. Yes, yeah, so the book I picked this week was The Immortal Hulk, Volume 2, The Green Door. It picks up right after, of course, The Immortal Hulk, Volume 1. Who wrote it? Yeah, no shit. And so this is the very first time I re- I've uh, who read wrote it. understand you. Oh, and who wrote it? Uh, it is written. Hold up. Let me get the full names here. There we go. There it is. So it's written by um, Al Ewing. And uh, Joe Bennett is the penciler for uh, 7 through 10. Uh Roy Jose with oh good lord names. Those are the... now you give know, it Grant. to me. I'll butcher it. Give it to me. I'll butcher it. No, no. Lebeau Underwood and Rafael uh, Fertires are for they're the inkers for issues ten and uh, I believe Roy Jose was the inker for seven number seven through ten. And oh. Lee Garrett or Garbett, excuse me, Lee Garbett is the artist for cool. issues six. Hmm? For issue six. For issue six. Yes. Is issue six that is not Joe Bennett? Yep, yep, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, good lord. Apparently, uh, I can't read tonight, fellas. Issue six yeah. is a fill in artist, but it is the yeah. start of the arc. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so I am late to the party on the Immortal Hulk because Brandon, Sparks, and Ryan, they're all, I'm going to assume, mostly caught up, if not 100% caught up. So, I'm trade of getting these books and I am absolutely loving it. Knowing what I know of the later issues, uh, yeah, especially where we are now in the series, going mm-hmm. back is kind of, is really cool because I'm like, oh my god, it was always there. He yeah. always knew. 
I, I, as someone who like literally just reread this like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, uh, coming back and like, I didn't reread this again because I just said, but I was, I refreshed myself on it. I'm like, oh my God, it really is there just there from the beginning. All, everything line. builds up. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. it's incredible. There's a line in this book that says, uh, not since Bruce killed his father. Um, I don't remember the contents, but they talk about Bruce have killed his father. Now in continuity, in, in, in the continuity, Bruce Banner hadn't killed his father. That was kind of established that he hadn't. However, the zero issue, which comes out later, it's not a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you what the, what the reveal is, but the zero issue does have two issues, two issues in it that are about the death of Bruce Banner's uh, father. Yeah. And one is that he didn't kill him and one that is that he did. Mm -hmm. He got on so, later. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always been there, man. Al Ewing's the dopest. Yeah. I like, I like the immortal Hulk a lot. I'm, I, I really enjoy oh, well, it. Um, I'm going to be buying these trades. I'm going to continue getting these trades. If I get the entire run in trade form, so be it. Because this, these, this book truly is. May great. I make a, may I make a, a, a request, Ben, if you're going to do another volume for the series, just put Wait. it on the Victor book club series. I, I think I will. Well, I need to buy the rest first. I haven't bought the stuff yet. Um, yeah. Just, you I know, only have volumes one and two, so yeah. But if you're going to do it again, you know, put it on the Victor Book Club series so we can do the whole series instead of we waiting for your cycle. Well, as, as I was going to say, the second I knew I was going to continue loving this book is essentially on like the second page. Um, audio listeners, I'm sorry, I know you can't see it, but Bruce Banner is just sitting in a hotel room. He's looking at the Hulk through a mirror, oh, and the Hulk punches and cracks the mirror, and Bruce is just thinking to himself, sipping coffee because he's been awake for two days straight. Goes, that's new. Because Hulk, Hulk is fighting something that Bruce doesn't understand. Something yeah. that is inside the Hulk that he took from Sasquatch. Uh, which is where yeah. says, well, I don't try to be A, unavailable. I don't know oh. what that means. All right. What do you think about the book, Sparks? I really like it. Um, yeah, I'm revisiting these issues myself. I really like these issues uh, of Immortal Hulk. Thought it, I think it's solid. I really like the run. Yeah. We're introduced to Gamma Flight in this one. Yeah, we are. I actually really like Gamma Flight, and also I love the fight with the Avengers. I really yeah. like I really like uh, Banner's fight with Walters when when mm -hmm. he when he's like you're now look at you you're more like me than you want to believe like acknowledging that there's some, something also wrong with Jennifer Walters uh -huh. um, as far as the Hulk goes, but the way he breaks Thor's jaw and oh, Thor's yeah. like there's something different about this he, Hulk. He gives him a he gives him a concussion and I think he fractures Thor's skull cuz Thor says uh, he is yeah. stronger than he's ever been. Um, another, thing, oh, another thing I love about cuz I think I mentioned it the first time we read um when we read volume 1 but the way the Hulk talks cuz normally when you read a Hulk very articulate. When, yeah, he's extremely articulate cuz when you think when like before I start really reading the Hulk when someone says, hey, let's read a Hulk book, and I see the Hulk, I'm thinking, Hulk smash, Hulk, Hulk this. Like, Hulk, he refers to himself in the third person. Hulk, um, Professor Hulk, and uh, uh, Joe Fixit Hulk talk mm -hmm. like normal people. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But, like, when you see, like, the Incredible Hulk, it's like, okay, he's, like, loud, Hulk smash, yada, yada, yada. But he's, like, like his conversation with She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, it's, like, Dang, he is. She has bro the broken speech, but he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, she has the broken speech, but he's hardcore playing some psychological warfare shit, and I actually really dig it. Yeah. Uh, the the stuff the the fight before uh, before the Hulk has with the Avengers, mm -hmm. um, Carol's like uh, to set the Hulk free. Bruce Banner needs to die, and we can't let that happen again, Bruce. 
and and, he, and I when I was rereading this a couple weeks ago, I retweeted it because I love it so much. And yeah. she's like, "But that's not, but that that's my secret, Captain. I'm already dead." And it's yeah. he talks the Hulk. Um, and then yeah, um, he starts fighting Steve Rogers, and he's like, "Oh look, it's Captain Hydra. When I rip off your head, will two more take its place?" And I'm like, "Jesus, this guy's sadistic." And then and then in the in the reflection of his shield when he's saying that was different. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even notice that this time. The reflection is um is Bruce Banner's dad. Because every time Hulk looks into a mirror, he sees his father. So he uh father. The fight the fight with Creel is also really awesome and horrific. Like Creel is like ripped in half with his with his like spine sticking out, just saying, I'm sorry. And the uh, uh, and there's some some really great ho- uh, horrific imagery of like Banner transforming into the Hulk and like ripping all out Creel's thing. They bring a really lot of, uh, body horror back into the yeah. Hulk comic, like uh, when the Hulk reassembles his body around the dude. Oh my yeah. god! The splash page of all of his different parts in jars. Like that's in a superhero comic. Is guts and organs and blood absorbing a doctor, and then just like the hand getting sucked I, in. Yeah. Hardcore. Dr. Frankenstein mad scientist vibes, especially when they cut the heart open. Like the blade is adamantium. This is four hydraulic arms like this exist. And it was giving a wine when it tried to cut the heart open. Yeah. And, and when he's uh gloating to the Hulk and he realizes this was his plan as you see him slowly getting ready for that step. Yeah. He's like, Oh my god, you just wanted to know what you could do. Uh, just a fun little thing. Um, the villain from issue two, Del Fry, that the radioactive man. Yeah. Um, He's just captured and he's just put into like the the, the like the gamma base, the, the shadow base. Yeah. And we'll see him many, many issues from now, <laughs> which is just a nice little thing. Like we captured him. Just don't worry about him. Show he's him. always in, in, in like two volumes from now. He's just always in the background. He's just yeah. always been in this comic. It's insane. Yeah. Um, or yeah. even when they mention because I know because Brandon, I believe you did spoil a few things for me, which I'm not going to spoil on here on a uh, for Immortal Hulk later down the line. But we get the first mention of the one below all. Yes. Yeah, and no, look, knowing and what I knowing what I know, I have not spoiled this book for you. Um, okay. But yes, we are first introduced yeah. to the one below all. The one above all, for those of you who don't know, is Jack Kirby in the Marvel in the Marvel continuity. Uh, he's the one above all. The one below all apparently created Gamma to to bring about the Antichrist. <laughs> yes. Um. It's beautiful. Um. So, one of the most beautiful pages I've seen in a. In a, I want to word this right way. It's not really macabre, but it's just horrific and beautiful at the same time. Is when Creel essentially dies. I'm sorry. Brought before this, that one. Yes. Sure, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And it it, was brought before the one below all. I'm assuming that is the one below all. And he's like, and he's talking, and the one below is talking like, like you said with pride. It's a killer, and then you it could it cuts to his body, which is split open, and you see a it looks like a doom monster. It looks like a monster I just shot with my shotgun in doom. Uh, I just like that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, just like uh, so, Creole is like the absorb the absorbing man. That's the thing, right? But he got like an upgrade to fight the Hulk, so he was able to absorb like way too much radiation, which basically allowed him to unlock the green door, which is what the Hulk's been dealing with, which allowed something evil to get into him, which turned him into a thing monster. And I'm like. 
man, this is like, this is some serious cosmic horror shit that like, again, like when I've talked about it weeks ago, like, I can't believe this is in a regular book. Like this mm -hmm. is a Marvel book, right? Yeah. Like, it's it, crazy. That, I was going to say like revisiting the issues, it really does resonate with me. Like it's, it's bizarre. Like now that I'm more caught up on some other things in the Marvel universe and other places, I'm like, it is so bizarre to know that this is happening while these other things are happening with like Carol Danvers doing this over yes. here, Black Panther's doing this with the Avengers. And I'm like, holy crap, this is just happening with the Hulk. Like this yeah. isn't a one weird tangent elseworld story about the hulk with crazy shit this yeah. is the hulk this is legit yeah and i it these are the rules now like i want like you know we're getting the king in black like big big uh, event with venom and stuff and i'm like ewing only has like a year left on this book so mm -hmm. like if, if if the immortal hulk event is gonna happen it's gotta happen soon because i don't want anybody else doing it man because like Imagine like World War Hulk, but it's immortal World War Hulk. Like that yeah. is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. Like yeah. it's that it's that team, but they're all demons and shit. Like, oh my God. That means And to totally get to the end, they um because Creel opens the green door, which they because Hulk has been trying to get to home, which is the site of the uh, the gamma bomb when it first came off where it first blew up and he thinks that he thinks that it's going to make him more powerful so he could beat whatever whatever's inside of him I mean, but then he realizes that it was actually the thing inside him that needed to go there so that the green door can open yes and it's a portal to hell well we'll find out it's not it's not hell but yes it's not the hell it's a hell no it's below all oh okay it's literally, yeah, like the, they do say it in a future volume, but it's in like, there is hell and there's all those dimensions. This is below that. This is like, this is a new, yeah. There it's is hell, uh, and underneath hell is the cave. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's, it reminds, because I mean, because when I left off, it just said, it has the whole train says, welcome to hell. I'm like, oh, so they're in hell. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. now that you're saying that there's something below that, it reminds me of that a scene in Family Guy where Peter and God are in an elevator. And then Peter asks the thing, he's like, hey, how about these guys? He's like, oh, straight, way all the way down to the boiler room of hell. That's where XYZ goes. We haven't mentioned, but like the the, the quote-unquote primary villain um, is General Fordian, who is like the new General Ross. Um, and he is a he is a thorn in the Hulk side for the rest of the volumes until he's not. Yeah. Uh, I guess spoilers for a comic, whatever. Um, but like this dude, like he's introduced here and he's pretty cool, but like throughout the, throughout the volumes, like he just, he, he loves Ross, General Ross so much. And he just wants to be like next Ross and like the, the things he does to try to become the next General Ross. I'm like, oh, you're just the as way bad. he defends Ross. Yeah. And like, you're just it's, as bad. Like, it's, you really think you're unfortunate. it's really unfortunate that even where we are, General Ross is not in this book at all. He's only ever yeah. mentioned. I yeah. wish that that we had gone into more of the Red Hawks also. How did they connect? Yeah, to... No, there's still time, baby. Yeah. Um, well, he's if we we all read absolute carnage right no i i oh, never mind yeah. it was the yeah, answer uh the monitors monitoring every part of the hulk's life so oh, funny yeah. minority minority report upside yeah, yeah. down people wicked and the, and, the, and then like you think oh, it's like right. it's like nah that guy can like replace him he's yeah. not doing his job yeah just like at the end at the end of this is good sorry bro yeah no, the the fact that not only is like your implants will be removed and you're to report to uh, sanitation for a mop. I'm like, whoa, that's messed up. Yeah, that was funny. Um, Al Ewing is a great sense of humor. He does absolutely. Um, yeah, and like uh, again, making characters like like um uh, uh what's his name um Sasquatch and mm -hmm. like and Puck uh like and like those characters are are staying like they're, they're mainstays for this book for for volumes uh. uh 
when the when the family is evacuating and the dad's just like this is a green alert that means we just go and she's like but we got it yes. no we just go yeah. and like ghost rider's car gets thrown into their house and uh, that's the skeleton in the car blow the town up yeah. basically i i wanted to touch on that because like i i really love the avengers all talking about it at the end like cap and Carol and Black Panther and Iron Man all feeling like kind of conflicted about how they had to handle this. And it's like, what are, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? It we always, can't kill the Hulk. It always ends <laughs> like this. Like, you send them away, you try to blow them up. Like, no matter what, like, the Hulk comes back and, like, more angry. Yeah. And, like, maybe just don't try to blow them up. Maybe just but don't even, fight that. Even when Tony was fighting the Hulk and his Hulkbuster, Hulk was like, dude, this Hulkbuster armor sucks. It's outdated. Like, I'm the Devil Hulk. And then they hear he is here. Oh, Devil Hulk. That actually sounds dope. Yeah, I'm going to use that. Yeah. Uh, I I know I just reread all of it, but like, man, I almost wish you picked this this book forever. Because like, this, it just sounds like we do, we, we do get a sense that the, uh, Bruce Banner says, I think he's been there longer since before the, yeah. the accident. Um, it's just the first hint that, that the Devil Hulk is probably not uh, similar to his other personalities yeah the the, the sure. normal brutal hulk that we're used to like, yeah. like nash kind of guy uh this is this is in fact something else that is that has probably existed in bruce banner for a much longer time yes yeah but, man i want you to get to i want you to get to issue 25 yeah man that's well, just that's so far away it's crazy it's also next time i'm at the store i'll look for uh volume three i'm pretty it, sure our store has it i'm pretty sure it does i just haven't looked because uh uh this no, I, hey, baby, I get you. All right, so, so that'll be it. And also, you're right. Go ahead, Ben, what? I was also, also going to say, I'm also going to be moving soon. So ben. I got to be careful with what I get now because space is an issue. Ben, uh, you have to be careful with that. If you start talking, uh, after they start talking, they get they get muted and people oh. can't hear them. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a weird, like, StreamYard-specific feature. Yeah. To stop people from over talking, uh, so it just like mutes the other person basically. So if you, up. so if, so just be be wary of that from now on. Um, okay, so Ryan, it is your turn. It, it sure is, buddy. Guys, my name is Ryan Aliopoulos, and I've been seeing these covers to this comic come out for months and months and months, and they are always the most fascinating, fun covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a horror book, by the way. Um, but I'm like, wow, all these Doctor Seuss um, covers for this comic look really funny. I don't know anything about this comic, so I just bought this comic. And um, guys, this book is not what you think it is. And I'm really excited for you to read it. It's called The Ice Cream Man. It is a horror comic book. Oh, yeah, baby. It's weird and cosmic in all the ways that I love about comics. Um, I believe it's already optioned for a TV show because it is just like, it is mad popular right now. Um, Hey, there's a flavor for everyone's misery. That's what the tagline (laughs) is. Um, I'm really excited to to, to check this out with you guys. Ice Cream Uh, Man. Super spooks. All right. So The Ice Cream Man is next time. Um, As well as... Candyman. We're going to talk about ice cream and candy. Oh my god! What a perfect episode! I definitely did not plan that. Definitely. Uh, we're just going to be talking about the first Candyman film, so no cheating and watching the second and third. I'm sure there's more. Um, all right, so that'll do it for this episode, guys. Another one bites the dust. Another one in the bag. Um, if you guys are watching this, um, sounds similar to the '90s movie Ice Cream. Oh, so there is a yeah, there is a ice cream. Man. It's um. It's Ron Howard's Clint Howard. No, his his little brother. It's kind of a weirder brother. He's a murdering ice cream man. Um, okay, so if you're watching this right now live, or if you're watching the replay, or if you're listening to us, uh, make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. Uh, well, if you're okay. not listening to this, 
Like this video, subscribe to this channel. We greatly appreciate all the help. If you like this, we have other shows. We have our Fake Nerds Watch series, which is our after show on various episodes on other episodes. Yes. Oh. Uh, the Ice Cream Man, um, which is an after show on other episodes of TV shows. Um, we have a series of Lovecraft Countries. Siri just turned on. Um, we, have a series, we have a series on Lovecraft Country. You can check that out now. Uh, we are a little bit behind, so the sec- so the last two episodes are not up yet. Next week. But they will be up next week. Um, you can check out our other Fake Nerds, Fake Nerds Watch. If you're watching The Mandalorian to get, get caught up for Season 2, we have a Fake Nerds Watch series on that. Swamp Thing is currently airing on the CW. We have a Fake Nerds Watch series on that. Please watch Swamp um, Thing. And also, we were coming up with The Boys. The Boys is finished. Um, and uh, contrary to Eric Kripke's wishes, we still like it. Um Talk about a guy who wants people to not like his show, oh right? <laughs> um, so he, uh, so we did. So we were going to do an episode on the boys. It's going to be a comprehensive thing on the first, on the first, on the second season. So that'll be up this week as well. Um, we also just started our new spooky, spooky basement arcade. Halfway through the month, but we're here, baby. What uh, we want to introduce it? No. All right, it's our let's play show. Of, uh, <laughs> No, yeah, uh, a, a spooky basement arcade. We're playing uh, Dead Space, the first hour of Dead Space. It's one of my favorite horror games. Mr. Sparks here played it. Uh, we got some more stuff coming out throughout the weeks. You'll see it when you see it. Yeah, I, I I will say like at this moment that it is very likely the majority of our spooky basement arcade stuff is going to land in the very last week of this month. Yes, sure. Uh, but, but hopefully guy. it'll be a decent chunk of it. Yeah. And then we also have a Fake Book Club, which Ben should bring the Immortal Hulk to that so that we can keep going with the series. Um, yeah, like, if he does that, he'd still have to like win the wheel. And well, no, what if he doesn't. And well, no, that's what I mean. He just has to win the wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all have I to win the wheel. Yeah. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers of the current series that we're doing. We're almost done. We got one more episode left, so stay tuned for that. That'll probably be out uh, a couple weeks. Um, yeah. We just do that one out of leisure. We also have our Crafted by Z Fakener podcast mask. You guys got to like to support us financially. Uh, guys, this mask thing isn't going away. I had to come to the realization that for my birthday, I'm seeing nobody. So um, there you go. Wear your damn mask. Let's beat this thing. Raw, raw America. Go Dodgers. Yeah. I don't care. Um, it's like six months ago. That's so yeah. sad. That's Look, I kind of brought it up on Twitter. I'm emotionally damaged from this. Yeah. Really bad, guys. I'm yeah. laughing, but that's only because I'm high. Oh, I didn't. I couldn't tell. Good job. <laughs> Normally, I'm crying. Anyway, we have a fake nerd podcast mask. Uh, my girlfriend has the Crafted by Z uh, uh, thing. Link in the description below. You can get um, our cool mask. We still have a couple. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Um, you can support our Patreon for five dollars uh, a month. Um, that would be you get a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, if I can remember to update it. But thank you to Joey's on, who is our only patron. Love you, Joey. Um, we also have a Tee Public where we have a bunch of cool logos and a bunch of cool shirts. Uh, you can get mugs, things like that. All of that is in the link in the description below, or you could go to our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. So uh, that's all there, right? Yeah, that's all there. Um, support us, guys, if you like. You know, if you like us. Mm-hmm. Um, but times are tough. I know. No need, no need to guilt. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who's watching. The thank you to the people who showed up on this live stream. Mm-hmm. Thank you to people who, yeah. who watched the the the, yeah, the replay. Thanks to, thanks to everyone. Oh, that's the wrong way. 
Thanks to everyone in the chat. Wizard historian, Mag, Downright Nerdy for a hot second, uh, Kate Titus. Yeah. Um, coming y'all, on. Are, y'all are great. And uh, uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening to us. Uh, thank you to Jimmy Bellucci, who did our theme song or any theme song. And if you listen to this on the audio or our other our other musics, you can find his show. Sorry, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. You can find his show, Suburban Proctologist, on iTunes or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Hey guys, something might be coming down the pipeline with the Mr. Mike Matola. That's all I'm going to say. The rumbling. I like that. Things are rumbling. They are rumbling. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Anyway, um, Mike Matola does uh, his line by line art and he does he did our Factor Podcast logo, our Factor Book Club logo, and our Miscellaneous logo. Uh, you can find him at Mike Matola. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Factor Podcast. Fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me cheering for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the National League champions of 2020 on Tuesday, and hopefully the future World Series. I'm saying hopefully the World Series champions of the year at BenMag27 on Twitter and Instagram. And also, if you don't like baseball, which is fine, I also like to write about old school video games. You can catch a lot of my articles on oldschoolgamermagazine.com. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, links to my two newest articles are down in the description below. They're about Mario and Console Wars, the um, documentary that came out on a CBS All Access a few weeks ago. So if you want to read some stuff about cool video game stuff, they're down there. I love it. Go Dodgers. Uh, you can find me... Just trying to get by with school. At Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan? The ice cream man came out in 1995. Children alert the police to a disturbed vendor who blends human parts into his frozen confections. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere, probably watching this movie. <laughs> All right, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next week, guys, stay fake nerds.